0: This podcast recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studio.
1: And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Around the table today, we have Urban Fly Company's Mark Burns, big man on the board, Chris Sims is back, and the guy who got out of a wedding to join us today, Jim Franklin. Good job, Frank.
0: Franklin, sorry, Jim. (laughs)
2: That's my alias for this this one. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) Frank
1: over here has a question for you.
0: Yeah, there are times that uh, family might listen to this podcast, so don't say anything stupid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Jay Thompson. Hey, we have a jam-packed show for you guys today. Uh, we're going to talk to the fellows from OPros, uh, see what they have currently on their table. Uh, they have a few new products coming out, so uh, we're going to talk to them for a little bit, and then we're getting a hold of our buddy Captain Pete Romano tonight. Um, we had something had happened with the computer on the last show. When he was on, so I've been I've been itching to get him back on. Him and Chris had some great conversations, so I'm really looking forward to that tonight. Uh, we're gonna talk about our local fishing or the lack thereof. Uh, we're gonna talk to the guys from OPro's Captain Pete. Maybe a little beast talk because it's it's right around the corner. I'm itching. It's really getting close. Uh, I'm getting all woo, I'm getting all pumped, getting ready to see everybody. I'm excited as hell, and uh, some maybe some football shenanigans at the end there. But before we get to
3: all that, who sponsors the show, Mark? We got Yeti built for the, built for the wild. A-Rex Hooks, fresh and saltwater. Check them out at arixhooks.com, Sims Fishing, and at that time of the year, check out the Muskie Pike Lines from Cortland.
0: We got friends of the show, Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods, our buddies over at Muskie Fool, and the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance.
1: Uh, speaking of Cortland Lines, I just grabbed a couple. Uh, nice. just this past week, um, and a couple other things, some more line cleaner. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really getting into this. And my dad's <laughs> like, you should keep doing this. This is good for the lines. And, you know, he, so he was all behind it. Uh, yeah, I grabbed, uh, was talking to Mark a little bit. I, uh, got a tip for the 10 weight. So it's all ready to go. Um, got a reel off Chris, you know, grabbed a couple reels that he was getting rid of and, uh, heck I needed a couple lines. So, I went with uh, the Muskie Intermediate. I have a s- full sink on my 11 weight. So, I have a 10 weight to go with it t- this That's year. And perfect. Hey, you know, and if I'm if I'm fishing our local river, it'll be nice to have in there, and especially in these conditions if it stays like this with no water. So, I grabbed that, and uh, I got me a new steelhead setup, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I know Mark just threw up a little in his mouth, but, uh, yeah, my dad's going to, he's been dying to go steelheading at a bunch this year, and, uh I'll go with you guys. I'm gonna go, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go up a couple times. I I just for this for his sake, more than anything, uh, and uh, I like we'll end up going more in the cooler months even than even going in October when there are seven thousand people there. Right on a very small stream, so you know it'll be nice. Just I got a new steelhead line to to go with it, but uh, so I picked them up and I'm ready to get them. Should be.
0: Aaron's got a three man raft.
1: We've already got two dates. Set up with him. Awesome. Yeah. My dad and I talked to him about it already. Been in close touch with him talking about, you know, him learning to really, you know, you don't really know how to row and you don't get to row or learn to row well until you own your own raft or, or drift boat. And then you really learn. And, you know, just putting all the time and effort in. Yeah. Instead of it being, you know, you mm-hmm. get a half hour on Jay's boat or whatever to get him yeah. a couple fishing spots, but... <clears throat> so, yeah, it, that should be good. I, I, I'll be excited to get up there on the raft, too, get to see some of the bigger rivers. Hopefully we hopefully we can get some water around here because uh, I know the Great Lakes didn't get any, at least our tributaries didn't get any with this uh, uh-uh. uh, tropical storm that's just moved kind of through the rest of Pennsylvania. Yeah,
0: three-quarters of Pennsylvania got a ton of rain, and we got two-tenths of an inch We didn't get two from tenths. a hurricane. We didn't
3: get two-tenths here. No, you guys really no. did
0: You know, I walked through the yard, There's and nothing. I was expecting to... Splish-splashing.
3: We got zero. We got Nothing. fog. <coughs> <coughs> we had fog. like we had like a steady two-hour mist today. It was like a heavy mist. That was it. Mm.
0: Yeah, we were just on that the happened. other edge of that, so it was just straight drizzle all day. Every now and then, there'd be like proper rain, but never enough for me to get remotely excited.
1: No, it wasn't going to do anything. won't mm. even you know really soak the ground up. Uh, just, yeah, that's, it's been tough. That's yeah, tough. But, uh, Jimmy, also, man, you, you got some new stuff over there. I did. Uh, Sims, and, man. I regret nothing. Awesome. I awesome regret gear. nothing. I, I, man, I always, anytime I ever get anything, I'm always just, wow, it, it feels quality. You feel like it's quality, so.
0: Yeah, it's good. it's good looking stuff. That backpack is humongous.
2: I love that backpack. So, my last backpack, I had one similar to it, that style, but mm-hmm. mine was a 38 liter. So, that new G3 bag is 50. That's yeah. a big bag. But you know what? I could fit two boxes in there, all my camera gear. I'm very content. I needed the little additional space for camera gear. So that's, it It filled the
3: void perfect. Awesome. Good. Yeah, and then you got a little dock station in the front, too, so that'll be mm-hmm. nice. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: it's a it's a sweet bag. Yeah, it's, I, uh,
3: definitely. Like, there's compartments on
1: top of compartments on the outside, too. Yeah.
2: I, that was, honestly, that was the biggest thing that I was really excited about, was having the front zipper and compartments on the front, because I don't have that on my other bag.
0: Yeah, and as long as they're not those big, you know, back in the late 2000s, early 2000 teens, they had backpacks that had effectively a set of tits on them where, I mean, they were huge, huge pods out front, and it was really (laughs) hard. You look like Master
2: Chief running around.
0: Yeah, but it was hard to maneuver, to cast, and so it's nice to see they've slimmed them down and still made them useful.
2: Heck yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I picked up that uh, the new hybrid, the Fall Run hoodie. Yep. I picked up the hybrid hoodie, and very warm, very warm. I really, you know, for the as streamlined as it is, I was thinking, oh, okay, I'm gonna have to do some serious layering. Just putting it on with you know what I have on right here, I got toasty pretty quick.
0: Yeah, I put it on my arm because uh, that's all that was going on, <laughs> and uh, it was hot. I, I'm, mm. I'm impressed at how thin it was and how how warm it was.
2: Yeah, I think moderate layering. I think that's going to take me a lot further than what I initially thought I was going to do as far as temperature goes. I yeah. think I'm going to be able to wear that into the winter.
0: Yeah, unless you go on the Chris Sims brisket and popcorn diet or Pop Tart diet, you're uh, you're going to need some heavy heavy duty clothes for winter.
1: I'm I'm a I'm a layer. I and I'll oh man, all the way. I just all the way up. You know, I I have to. I'm Good. a li, I'm a little dude, and I need all the gear I can get. I have the insulated uh, Challenger jacket, and you know it, it's one of those things. Like I, I've had it for quite a few years, and it, it's gotten beaten on quite a few times and inches of ice up I'm on the Niagara. And
2: I'm interested to uh, see. Derek Smith just picked up from Muskie Fool. He picked up one of the Bulkleys,
3: so oh nice, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how that is. Yeah, that thing looks nice. It's super heavy and it works. looks It looks. Like I'm just my only worry, like, cause like I was looking into one. I don't know. I don't think he can fish it. Like consistently, like stay and fish in it. I mean, it is. It's, it's. That's like hunting. Name. That's boat like boat hunting with a compound yeah. deep winter. <laughs> it's just.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's
3: made for standing in a. Yeah, it's made for standing in ice cold river, thirty four degrees. You know. Mm-hmm. Hours on end. It is. I can't imagine you're gonna find anything warmer than that thing. <clears> that thing it does it has an insert that comes out of it too, as well. And you can take this, take it out. That'd be good. Like a secondary. Mm-hmm.
0: I got myself a non-fishing purchase this week. When we remodeled our kitchen back in 2020, uh, I saved all the credit card points. I saved all my Best Buy points, and I finally reached the pinnacle where I could buy a new camera lens. I got uh, what was that, 70 to 200 Nikkor mirrorless lens, but it's got a 2.8 aperture, and it is so sweet. But. i took I took the boys over to a local lake yesterday and I just snapped some pictures off and it is it weighs seventy eight pounds
1: <laughs> but it is, is is that for like uh good glass overall like you know what's i say like uh landscape kind of pictures or is that for you know like your kids and your family right there in pictures that's, and
0: that's for birds. Okay. Length. Uh,
2: anything Sim- at yeah, length. Yeah. Sims is out there laying in the bush in Alaska, taking pictures of grizzly bears 300 yards away. Dude. I mean, that's essentially
3: running. almost five times. Isn't 35 millimeter standard? Mm, uh,
0: 120 is five times.
3: So it's closer to more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, put it I don't know what it does. It's sweet. Yeah, it's I don't, at it it I
2: shoots don't know, all the way over there. I
0: don't know that math, but, uh, it's a lot more, and it's I'm telling you it, it it'll zoom in there, plus you can get a a two times multiplier for it, and you only have to stop down twice, so you can really reach out like I could have a four hundred lens with only t- two stops down Sheesh. for anybody that doesn't do photography, I'm sorry that's kind of nerdy talk, but like jim Jim's the video guy I tried to do video, I just can't do it, I can't get behind it. it's not my thing i like i like still
2: it's an art. It's yeah, an art. i do i appreciate still though i love doing like color grading and stuff like that it's it's fun editing photos and once you start you got to give film a chance you got to get past the initial oh video, everything you mean? looks yeah everything looks like a you know a two-year-old edited it and once you get past that point i mean you start getting some creative ideas and start knowing what your software can do and right you, yeah. you just see it the vision kind i don't of need any there. more hobbies you got enough uh, expensive ones. Yeah, I really do. So, uh, hey, <laughs> not how to mention three kids. How'd that uh, how that miser conversation go for you, dude?
0: Never got back a hold of me. Really? Yep. I sent him a message. I, I posted on there. I'm interested. I sent him a message. Be like, I'll take it right now. PayPal question mark crickets scam. Well, I mean, if a scammer is gonna gonna He's go gonna that take far, your money. If a scammer is gonna go that far to get like a model number of a miser. I think it was legit. I think he just probably sold it and just said I sold. I'm not gonna talk to anybody else about it.
2: Yeah, so that, yeah. that conversation came up for me after I uh decided to join the Sims army. The
0: Sim- oh yeah.
2: And that went went over very well. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I, I wanted to sleep in the house. So mm-hmm.
0: But, man, 450
1: for that, that was
2: a... Yeah, that's a hell of a deal. Oh wow. yeah,
1: that's that's really good.
3: Yeah, I was, See, I was is going I to own that rock. Like I said, I, after I started looking into it, that is, I think, different than the one I do have. So I don't know, but that's still size. I don't know exactly what grain window and everything that lines up with, but he, I think it's a touch different. He
2: said he had a 700-grain sinking line on it with 20 feet or something cut off the head. So I don't know
3: exactly the Depends full on specs which head on it. you're using. There wouldn't be a whole lot left, depending on what one you're using. Yeah, yeah. I was going to
0: experiment with it. I mean, for I mean, four hundred fifty dollars is still a lot of money. But I'm going to new my no, double be, that.
3: Yeah, that one might be bigger then. so that yeah.
0: But yeah. oh well. Uh, there are plenty other places that I can frivolously.
1: Throw my money around. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That'd be about time for Hatch to come out with a new color. Oh God, please don't. <laughs> Jolly Roger in a nine.
1: Didn't we already try to get a stormtrooper?
0: Yeah, that's well, and this they're doing the endless summer, and that endless summer reel is the same colors as their endless summer shirts. Well, the endless winter is white and blue.
3: And the uh, other white. I already asked. Oh <laughs> man,
0: I would be all over a white. Walker. But even like a nat, I mean, I guess the other ones are natural titanium, so, or like the titanium color, so. But oh well. I'll, yeah, you know, you're right, I've never seen a white anodized
2: anything. You would have to, it would have really. to either be Cerakote or powder coated. If you wanted like a gloss finish on it, you would have to.
0: Oh, can you imagine a matte white finish? Mm, that,
2: yeah, I mean, Cerakote, you can get a matte yeah, out of that. That'd be,
0: that'd be hot sauce.
2: But look dirtier than hell.
0: Christmas is coming up, so
1: so I did something today that might get me even a little more of that freedom to you know spend some money on some stuff that I've been wanting. I was the first one to remember my anniversary today. Congratulations! My wife You've didn't gotten say to that I, many years. Now. Oh yeah, my wife doesn't even remember anymore. So it's just, you know uh, we woke up and I didn't think anything of it. Blah blah. She, all right? I'm going to get. Going to get her kid, you know, but she had spent the night out and I look over at the Alexa and I'm like, hmm, those are wedding pictures. Alexa always does something from that day and it'll, you know, scroll through pictures of that Mm -hmm. day from however many years ago. I'm looking, I'm like, what's, oh, oh yes, it's the 24th. Okay. (laughs) So, And I'm like, oh yeah. yes (laughs) yes <laughs> like, you know what i mean as i'm walking outside as she's leaving into the car said oh hey babe happy anniversary before you go i love you and uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm like man i nailed it what's well, funny as i walked
0: in and i said to her i was like hey congratulations and happy anniversary and we talked a little bit and she's like yeah i i, I kind of missed the ball this morning jason said he woke up looked at alexa and alexa told him it was the 24th so he ran out <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't try to play it off to her either. She knows I'm not that smart. <laughs> it was Alexa to help me out, but hey, you know, I'll, all, t-
2: I'll take the win. We yeah. all know that first initial shock of, oh my God, that's the date today. You thought you forgot, and you thought you were going to get yelled at for a split second there.
1: We did, and we had, uh, I had, man, I went up to, uh, near Chris uh, yesterday, we were, at, uh, we were at a school up there for a football game, cheerleading, so I stopped, I got to stop in the market if I'm that close. If I'm that close, I'm going to go see the creek for a second and... Stop what, in and... What creek? Exactly. I've never... I was just... That's where I was kind of getting at. Uh, I have never seen that place that low ever. Like, I'm like, where could the trout even be? The, that And that was
0: my worry is I went to a lake on Saturday and I drove right through there as well. And we stopped and we are going to creek stomp through there. And I was like, there's nothing to stomp, guys. And I'm like, there's got to be some holes somewhere where these fish just hole up. But
1: I don't know, man. Yeah. They're
2: it's, in an eagle's belly right now.
1: Oh. Yeah, they're either there or they traveled far enough away to get to some water.
0: Yeah, to safety.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, I hope. But it even was, then, that water that is wa- not safe for them. Oh, no. No, it's <laughs> nothing safe. But yes, I mean, at least livable water. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, was, I was—I couldn't believe low. that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was... Down low. Oh, it was so bony. I'm like, it's just rocks. Yeah, I have...
0: So for for like a day, they dumped water out of Kinzu last week, and I saw it, and I texted Mark, and I'm like, Mark, we're <laughs> going to get water. Oh, my God, they're dumping water. 18 hours later, boop, they shut it back off. So we had, I think it was, because it takes about 30 hours for the water from Kinzu to reach Franklin. Hours? Yeah, 30 hours. Okay. So when they, when they raise, when they release more water in Kinzu, it takes 30 hours to get to Franklin. And we had an extra half a foot of water for about 12 hours during the work day. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, and I know they will do this and they have done it, hopefully they'll re- release some water in two weeks just because they know there's going to be a bunch of boats on there.
1: That'd be great. I know that they have done that in the past, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, and I, one of the guys who puts it all together, I think he has some uh, ties where he could pull some strings here and there. Yeah. Hopefully, they I hope that or I don't know. Maybe this hit them a little more than it hit us. I, I don't know. That I don't know. I don't know. Mm. It doesn't seem like it. I mean, it's not too too far from you. Oh, well, I guess it's an hour or so. But um, hey, we're gonna come back with the guys from OPros. I can't wait to talk to those guys. Hey, we're back with Dave Jacobson of OPro's. Uh, hey, Dave, why don't you give us a little introduction uh, to yourself and the company, and uh, let everybody know who you are?
4: Sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Dave Jacobson, OPro's Fishing. We're over here in Wisconsin, uh, just getting ready for fall fishing, which means musky season for us. So we're excited about that. But um, yeah, OPro's Fishing's been, geez, six or seven years now. Um, just me and my two brothers mainly. Um, and then our family he used to help out a ton when we were still hand assembling everything in our basement. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just kind of started this thing off on a couple ideas we had that helped us out while we were out fishing, uh, and thought it could help other people. So we just kind of ran with it. I was still playing hockey just coming out of college. Uh, my brothers were both building houses, still building houses and, um, we kind of just bootstrapped this company, and uh, the first product was was pretty crude, but we got it out there and started to started to make a little headway in the market. It was the first third hand rod holder ever. Um, it didn't have any of the features it does now today. If you're familiar with our products at all, uh, which we can get into later, that that the third hand rod holder really is is the driver of our of our company. Uh, we sell that thing worldwide at this point. Um, but it's been a long road to get there. Um, and then we're kind of where we're at today and I'm, I'm jumping uh, many, many years ahead, but, uh, where we are today is, uh, we're trying to launch some new products again. That's kind of the bread and butter of us is trying to come up with innovative products, uh, that other, other companies aren't making, aren't making. Um, and we found some success there. So that's where we're trying to live.
3: And you guys got a pretty awesome jaw spreader as well, huh?
4: We picked that up um, from another fisherman. Actually, he we didn't design that one, but yeah, we, we liked the design, um, so we worked with him on that and, and brought it in house. Nice, yeah, it's a neat product.
3: Yeah, it's
0: my it's my go to. It's the one that's on the side of my just in case box at all times. Now my when my kids don't take it off of my just in case box and use it as a gun, well and that run it, through yeah. the I
4: suppose it's better yeah. than your six year old putting it in a baby's with, too, mouth. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's like innovative product. Uh, a little bit different than what you're seeing out there that's where we're finding some success so we're not our brand's not quite at a a spot where you know people are going to the store looking for opro stuff so um if we can have those products out there that you know are a little different then then people are picking them up
0: so who was the driver in the family that said you know what we should do make stuff was it, was yeah. it you or your brothers or how did that go?
4: No, definitely me. I'm, I'm kind of the idea <laughs> guy. Um, I really kind of pulled them into it. I'm like, Hey, we have this idea. I was a poor hockey player. I was like playing in the minor leagues of hockey after college, you just making no money. So I needed a little bit of money to, to start this thing up and they both had, you know, career jobs. So, um, I leveraged them a little bit, um, figured out how to, uh, get this product to market through manufacturing, which still today kind of was a big leap. I'm no engineer or designer or anything. So I had to teach myself all of that and got in, got in with the local university and they let me use all of their 3d printers and software. So that was, that was pretty pivotal and allowing us to get where we were and, and, and just kind of went with it, made our first uh, product mold and. And uh, yeah, a year later, then we had a replica of it from uh, overseas and that really crushed us. So we had to redesign and, you know, it helped us out to bring a better product to market anyway. So, And that's where we launched the first Kickstarter was the true third-hand rod holder with the pivoting action. And um, we were successful there. So we're going back to the Kickstarter with our new line of uh, soft goods now.
2: Now, what would you say, like throughout your guys's like design process for your products, what would you say would be the hardest thing that you guys had to overcome as far as like prototyping your own stuff?
4: Um, it's always something different per each one. Um, the first one, the first rod holder, was just overcoming the barrier of like learning how to create it create my idea into a, into a real product, right? Like I, I wasn't familiar with any type of design software. Um, and it just kind of had to learn all of that. So that was, that was real initial stages. Um, fast forward to today, this new product we have coming out. Um, the, uh, especially the one box, uh, modular gear case, there's a fly tray in there and the foam is, uh, kind of channeled from the top down. So, when you put your fly straight down the hook, the bend of the hook, finds one of those channels and seats itself into that foam. It was really hard to find a manufacturer to help us do that. Um, It kind of has a couple different um, facets of manufacturing in this one piece. And, um, yeah, we really pushed the envelope with that one. So it's always something different. There's always different obstacles you got to overcome.
2: That's awesome.
1: So with your products, you're always looking to kind of, cater to making the
4: experience a little bit easier um that's the big thing yep convenience or like c- convenience or efficiency really drives success right so that's where we want to be
0: yeah and my first product was uh neither uh i was not driven it to driven to it by either uh i'm a, I'm a big hockey hockey dude and i was like you guys have a fishing net that's made out of a hockey stick I need to own this immediately.
4: <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it's, that. It's an um, awesome net. And that, that comes from our background, right? We all three grew up playing hockey, and uh, we know it's a durable material. And we we came across a manufacturer, hockey stick manufacturer that we could partner with and went and made our own hockey sticks. And interestingly, though, we've, we've since backed off on the, hey, this is a hockey stick handle, because depending on the market, um some people don't like that some people don't see that as like a a performance fishing product they kind of see it as a a novelty item so we've, we've dialed back at the end of the day it's a carbon fiber composite handle right so it's the same thing just different way we have to market it
0: right and for me it worked being a hockey stick
1: yeah we live in the pittsburgh area so uh you know Pittsburgh Penguins are a huge, huge draw on a huge hockey team. So, you know, this local area, you'd probably have a good draw here. But, you know, guys in Florida or in Texas, they oh. want a football handle. <laughs> uh, so all your products are, you know, you're sourcing from the U.S. and they're all made here right in the U.S.?
4: As, as much as we possibly can, yeah, there's some things that we just can't. Um, everything is assembled here, and for the most part, everything is sourced from here. Those hockey stick handles, though, for example, nobody makes hockey sticks in the U.S. anymore. Um, even, like, the name hockey stick brands, some of them are made in Canada, uh, but pretty rare. Uh, so it's, it's just you can't even get them made in the States. Um, and there's just things you'll come across that is like that that nobody will touch it in the States. It's just, it's just too costly and doesn't, doesn't work out. So, um, but when we can, where we can uh, with just about everything. Yes. In the States, I think is a, is a big thing for us.
0: And that's really like our, our rod
4: holder. Sorry. Our, our rod holder is fully, you know, we, we manufacture it, plastic injection molded in Wisconsin, uh, assemble it in Wisconsin, ship it out of Wisconsin. So yeah, that's, that was a big driver for us.
0: Yeah, that's huge. That's awesome. So before we get into the Kickstarter, what I mean, I know I know you guys got started with the third the third hand rod holder, and then you've got the nets, and you've got the jaw spreader. What else do you guys have out there? And and then you can just lead into what you're trying to bring out to market.
4: Yeah, sure. We got a, just a few other. You think of like tools and accessories. Um, we got a couple of waiting belts that go really nice with the the rod holder um some different hat patches and things like that nothing nothing too groundbreaking um your typical gear and apparel he's trying to think of what else we might have and you guys Um, just
0: redid your nets too right what's that you guys just offered new nets within the last couple years yeah we did
4: we we brought out um two new sizes of net frames so you got small medium large now to for all different um species targets um <clears throat> same handles right so we, we, we kind of have this platform going it was just easy enough to to slot those in there uh, a couple boat rod holders and then yeah the big one that we're we're trying to get off the ground here is um this line of soft goods is three products um one of which is a newer rendition of a past product that we had called the carry all bag and we used to ship our nets in these
0: yeah, I have one. the green and the excuse, green and black. Excuse me. Yeah. 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 So brand. we,
4: we kind of redid that people really liked that. And that was a solution for shipping nets in general. Cause like the boxes that they have to go out in are, are size are pretty size. Uh, they're heavy or they're large and, um, they get costly and, um, that was our solution to ship them out. So we use these like reusable shippers. The new one isn't a reusable shipper, but it's a rendition of it. Um, then we have the, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. I'm getting over this, getting over this cold. Um, second product is the the tote bag. We call it the large mouth tote. It's got a just super wide top to it so you can see everything in there. What I found in a lot of totes I've had in the past, they're they're deep and narrow and they just turn into these black holes of you can't find anything at the bottom of it. So we kind of changed that a little bit. Uh, really nice molded bottom on it to keep its rigid shape. And then it fits perfectly two or three, depending on orientation of the kind of featured product is the the one box modular gear case. This one was the the driver, really. That's taken up a lot of our development time and um design details to get it exactly where we wanted to. Think of like a uh, a super premium boat box right like everyone's got those plastic uh boat boxes um i think cliff has some you know you've seen them out there montana fly fishing company has some um nothing too crazy about them uh plastic large oversized fly boxes so we came out with a premium version of it and it's you know it's got a molded uh foam construction and then it's got the interchangeable inserts with the fly trays um lid storage pockets and then so really you can cater them to whatever whatever you need out on the water um has a has a shoulder carrying strap on it so if you want that to be your grab and go box that's an option as well so very versatile i mean what what you find in <clears throat> fishing no days ever the same so you always need different stuff and you're going to different bodies of water whether it's in your boat or somebody else's boat or waiting you're always going to need something different. So being able to use that one piece and kind of interchange things in and out as you need, uh, we we really wanted to stick into that lane, and uh, we're pretty pumped with what we have. So we launched those three uh, those three products on uh, Kickstarter, and they're they're live right now. Awesome, yeah
0: i've 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 gone to the Kickstarter a couple times because I'm I'm personally a really big fan. Oh, yeah. of, of like the one it. box. Yeah. I I like it a lot. You know, over here in western Pennsylvania, you know, we've got really three targeted species for us. Uh, For 50% of us that you're talking to, or 75, it's musky. Uh, And then smallmouth and trout. Hopefully big trout.
1: Yeah. I mean, stripping streamers for trout, you know. and I'm more of a smallmouth trout guy, and it looks like you can have just two pages worth the just... You know, fly after fly after fly, plus all your leaders, whatever else you would need if you were going to, you know, hike your way into a, a, a trout stream. You can just throw that thing over your shoulder, and it's it's your one and all go. Is that what you guys were kind of going for?
4: Did we lose you? Uh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, everything in one box, right? <laughs> that's, that's the goal. Um, but, yeah, to the musky guys, I mean, this thing started as – a strictly musky uh, fly box. Like, we made it massive. It it, it holds up to 15-inch flies straight across. And obviously, you know, like you do in any other old fly box, if you got to curl the tail and you can get a little bit longer. But, you know, rare you have those monster flies over 15 inches anyway. Um, <clears throat> and that's where that self-slotting foam really comes into play is those large hooks. A lot of times those hooks are buried in layers of... Uh, deer hair right so you can't even see it so trying to seat that fly into a slot that you can't see the hook it's just annoying and then what do you end up doing you end up throwing all your flies just in the box and then they all are in a big jumbled mess at the end of the day so i feel that's that's where it started yeah go ahead
0: i feel targeted right now
4: (laughs) i'm glad (laughs) glad (laughs) it's just it's annoying to, to try and stick that fly back in there when you can't can see it so and and they're um, all the same help with that
0: the hundred dollar cases and the fifty dollar cases they're all the same i i always have a problem slotting those six aught hooks into there so i just end up stabbing it or just throwing it in the box and saying f it
1: and you exactly yeah you stab it so many times and you end up just ruining the piece of uh, foam that's in there
4: yeah
0: so
1: I'm, i'm i'm excited to try these out
4: yeah and then i mean to add to that again going at the musky crowd which that's where it started. The, our the, our foam is about twice as deep as a standard uh, fly box foam for those larger hook shanks, right? So I think typical fly foams are, you know, if you go get a standard like box off the Cabela's floor and it's <clears throat> a dry fly foam, it's going to be like five millimeters thick. Maybe we're at about 12 to 13 millimeters deep. So it'll yeah. hold those larger flies, but you know as we're designing this thing we're like yeah we want it to be a little more versatile than just the musky crowd too so that's where we started you know adding that modularity piece to it um and and it really grew from there
0: now let me ask you can you put i i see where you can put a second leaf in there like you can with one of the mfc boxes can, is that a problem with musky flies does it squish them down too much or is that are they sized appropriately do you know what so I mean? For
4: if, yeah, if you're going strictly musky flies, um, like large double Buford, single Bufords, whatever you want in there, I would recommend one fly tray in the lid and one fly tray in the base. so You got a double-sided. <clears throat> if you start putting that leaf in the middle, um, you know, you got about an inch room between each with that, with that center leaf. Um, so depending on the angler, right, some guys don't care if they get smushed um some guys really care if they get smushed um if you don't care then you can put that center leaf in there and you can get a third one with musky flies um and then you can actually go back to back on that center leaf and do four fly trays that's mostly going to be for strictly trout guys that are you know you got from dries to nymphs to midges a lot of smaller stuff Uh, but now you got i mean you could fit thousands of flies in that thing if that's the route you're going but Musky flies, yeah. I'm I'm going just two fly trays in there, and then with the with the Molly Velcro on the on the lid, you can put another tray on the lid of that thing too.
0: Oh yeah, uh, like so on the outside. Are they are they hook and loop fastened on the back?
4: Yep, yep. That's how those trays pop in and out. Um, they just have the Velcro on the back.
0: Okay, so you could put a strip of Velcro uh, anywhere on your boat. And pull your yeah. pull your fly boxes out if if you're you know if you're lucky enough to have a, a boat or a raft or a boat.
4: <laughs> yep, yep. Since we've been testing, I have a couple different Velcro dock stations on my boat, um, and then in my car too, actually, so I can throw some trays in there. Um, and then what's really nice, actually, too, to not underplay it, is that lid pocket for all of your tools that can pop out too and stick in your boat. And I've had that like on my rowing seat a lot of times. So now you have all of your tying tools or all of your material, all of your tools right in front of you for, you know, changing up leaders, um, whatever you need to do.
1: And I know a lot of times, even just for drying your flies before you put them back into your box, because I've had flies bleed on other flies and colors now are mixing. And, you know, cause I just throw them right where, you know, any, right next to any other fly, like an idiot. But, uh, you know that'd be nice to be on a velcro. You could dry for a second before you even throw it back into the box.
4: Yep, yep. Uh, rusted hook shanks are not good.
1: No. So, so, uh,
0: so you've got a, some backers on the Kickstarter. If you are there, certain progressions you'll go. Like it looks like your goal for the Kickstarter is let's call it thirty-five thousand uh if you guys get to 20 are you going to do the one box or is
4: so is yeah it... getting into kickstarter a little bit um <clears throat> to be honest right now it's it's we're off to a very slow start you want to kind of uh have a uh, a little bit of a bubble up front to get some excitement going mm-hmm. um i think what we're finding the difference in this product versus like the rod holder price points people need to think about it a little bit more whereas that rod there was 20 bucks there was no thought and we we hit the ground running with that thing so this kickstarter i'm hoping to kind of push a little bit on the back end um you know time is going to be running out and hopefully we can get to people to make some decisions but um so that's that that's mindset of it kickstarter itself though it's all or nothing if we don't hit our goal we don't get those funds nobody gets charged and nobody gets a product, right? So it's, it's, uh, that's, that's just the nature of the beast with that. Um, gotcha. It's a, it's a pre sale, it's a crowdfunding platform where they, they house pre sales, right? So, um, yeah. we do need people to go on there and, and you know, <clears throat> buy some of those packages up to 40% off, I will add, right now on some of that stuff. So it's a hell of a deal. And we're trying to deliver these things in January, right? So it's not terribly long of a wait um we'll turn around as quickly as we can but we do have to hit our funding goals
0: yeah well i'm gonna go on uh tomorrow morning and uh, and i'm gonna back it and you know i i got the email for it and i said uh you know we have tens of listeners who might be very interested in in one
4: of these products i love that i'm talking to all 10 <laughs> of those guys
0: so so i wanted to have you on because i really want to see this succeed because this thing look, looks awesome. Well,
3: it's like uh, I'm thinking like for like even like myself, guiding wise, that's going to be a perfect box is like just like that'll be like the home box. So that'll have like all of my go to's. That'll have your wire, all of your other crap that you need in there. So if I have to pick up and go walk and wait, at least I know what's in there. It's got everything I need. Throw it in a bag. I'm gone. You get in the boat that has, every, you know, I mean, that at least can be one box. It has like all of the mainstays in it and then yeah. it has everything else you need. Absolutely. So it's kind of like a... It's a confidence it, box. You can use it that way, but plus it has everything else in it. So, I mean, it's just you don't need any yeah, but like, extra crap like or extra of, pay.
2: Like even if you were to get out of the raft and, and go walk you know, 30, 40 yards, you could take that with you and you know you have absolutely everything that you would need.
3: Yeah, because so many times you switch from the raft to go waiting, or then you go from waiting, you hop in the boat or what, vice versa, and then you leave something in one thing or in another, and then that way it's all right there and you don't got to worry. It's not in the bag attached to the raft or something else. It's real.
0: Or let's say you don't have any water and you float down to a spot and you're like, I'm going to get out and I'm going to walk to some water and I'm going to fish this hole for an hour and a half on the bank, you can just grab that, throw it over your shoulder and yeah. you're squared away. No, I like it, I think it's a great idea. Uh, and the, to me, the the two biggest features are that the foam is big enough for six odd hooks and that it it, it comes with, uh, or it has accessibility for a shoulder strap. Because when I'm, you know, right now when I walk in Wade, I take that big old Sims reel case and I just again feeling targeted. I throw my flies in one section, I throw a couple of reels in the other, and then I've got my my the rest of my gear in that in that zipper pocket. But this thing is significantly smaller than a giant reel case. And the magnets. I am a slut. For magnet technology. So the fact that I can use this in
3: my boat without having to zip it up every time. If it wasn't for you, our Yeti things wouldn't have got recalled from you sitting and chewing on the magnets and the flips. If they weren't so delicious. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you guys are you guys are hitting everything. You're selling it for me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's a slick one thing idea. that surprised me while producting this thing is it, it, it truly is everything's in one box. Like I'm going fishing, I'm like, all right, what do I need? And you're just like, yeah, all right, everything's right there. Like I don't even have to think about it. I grab that one box, and it's 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 kind of a game changer for me because um, I fish out of a boat primarily, usually my own. But even when I'm going to my buddies, it's like I got everything right there. Um, <clears throat> that to go back to the Kickstarter, though, the, the last thing I do want to hit on there is like, you know, all or nothing goal. This thing really is driven by the fly fishing community. Um, you know, we can't push this through without our, our support and, you know, we're reaching out to the community here to, to help us drive this thing through. And it it helps us keep a small family business, right? A small family business. Um, you know, we're not, we're not the big players in the market and and we're trying to go against them. So trying to leverage every tool we can.
3: Well, hopefully we can do our, you know, a little bit of help and get you some, you know, extra people and push it on our end as well. It's yeah a, absolutely. it's a good idea I mean, it's definitely something I mean I get behind I know we we're all talking about it beforehand i mean it's it's slick it's something worth looking into I think as any musky angler any angler it's something you can use it's,
0: yeah and and like and like you said again, you know uh you know, I own my own business, Mark runs his old business you know we we appreciate the the mom and pop, the small business owner aspect of this, so we want to support you every way we can. And if I if you guys it. on and, and throwing some links up there will help you guys. Uh, and if our, I don't know, 17 to 35 listeners sure. are interested, go <laughs> check it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know uh, somebody will put a link on the Facebook page to the Kickstarter. Uh, so if you're on our Facebook page, check that out. If not, uh, just go to kickstarter.com and check out uh, or just. You know, search for Opros. It's the yeah, Opros yep. One box, and there are there are some really really good bargains right now to be an early adopter, like really good.
4: Yeah, the bet the best deal is on the f- the whole deal, all three cases. But uh, yeah, wherever we got price points for everybody.
0: Awesome. Now, something completely unrelated. You guys got second place last year at Treelands, right? You and your, <laughs> you and your brothers. We
4: did yeah, we did.
0: Are you guys going to do it again this year? Are you fishing? We we didn't
4: make it back this year. It's actually this coming weekend. Yeah, I know it's it's this weekend. It's this, it's kind of, yeah, it's, I think guys are up there now. It's, it's devastating, which actually I'm, I'm sick. So I probably wouldn't have gone anyway. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, there's a trade show this weekend that we were supposed to go to. And then things fell through on that too. So now we're, now we're not doing anything, but, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, that thing's a fun time every year, super competitive. Um, we stuck uh we we went with the numbers game last year. We caught a bunch of uh like twenty five to thirty five inch fish and maybe one or two over that. But yeah, we went with the quantity, uh, but the, the quality beat us. So and guys stuck like a mid forties uh fat fish and then another big one the next day too.
0: Nice. Well, this is where we put our plug in for the Beast of the East. Yeah. Which we will be fishing in two weeks. Awesome. Uh, so if it ever comes to the point where you guys can't make uh, treelands, come on out to the Beast. Like it's all like Bam Bam came out last year, and yeah. I I think he had a good time. I'm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did, but I can't speak for yeah. him. No, he I heard loves all about us. it.
4: Heard all about it. Yeah. <laughs> and what I like now is that they're on different weekends. That's that's yes. one yes, step sir. one going in the right direction. Um, and I'm going to talk. They got to gotta them, be on different weekends.
0: And I'm going to talk to Matt about pushing it to the next week of October. Uh, yeah, because I mean, right now we don't have any water. We we have we have zero water. I think that's
4: the story everywhere right now. It's crazy. It's going to be a
0: thousand degrees. So if we can push it, you know, a, another week out into October, hoping you know we have a remnants of a hurricane next year. But I mean, I'm just one guy. He'll probably say no. But all I can do is ask, right? Yeah, for sure.
4: If enough people ask, I think that that's a big driver. I just, you know, a lot of those guys over here, I think, will travel. Um, but usually it's on the same weekend. So it's like, well, I'm, I'm going to stick over here to my home waters.
0: Yeah, if you can drive uh, 60 miles for a tournament or what is it? It's probably like five, 450, 500 miles from Madison. It's a
4: bit over there. Yeah, we've, we've driven to some trade shows over there and we – me and my brothers kind of do it weird. We drive through the night we'll split it up and we'll get there as the sun's coming up and we'll hit the streams before the trade show. But yeah, that's it's a drive for sure.
0: Uh are you guys coming to any trade shows anytime in the next I don't know, yeah. Uh, what do in you guys got over there? We got Muskie Max, we've got Cabin Fever in the spring, and then over in Somerset New or not Somerset anymore, Edison, New Jersey. They've got the fly fishing. The
4: fly fishing show. Yeah. yeah, I think we might come back to that one in the circuit. Uh, we try to hit two to five-ish uh, a year of that fly fishing show, and I think we hit the Lancaster. Is it Lancaster, you said? Yeah. The, well, there's there's
0: Lancaster, Sorry. and then there's Edison, New Jersey.
4: Edison. Okay, yeah, we hit that one a couple years ago, so it might be, our, might be time to circle back. Well,
0: I, I, it's my intention to go to the Edison show this year, so I'd hope to see you. Uh, in all right. in the meantime, is there anything you want to say or plug that we uh, I, the word plug's not right, but talk about that we haven't hit on that you would like to?
4: You know, I think we hit it all, and I appreciate you guys having me on. And I think we just connected a couple days ago, and you guys got me on here that quick, so that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, timely for our Kickstarter, that's the big thing right now for us is like. Hey, our, our, all of our eggs are right now in this one basket of pushing this, these products through. So, um, we got a heck of a uphill battle here in front of us for this Kickstarter. So the next couple of weeks, I'm sure you'll be seeing more of that product on your social media. So, uh, give us a, give us a hand and, and pull this thing through for us.
0: Awesome. Before we get rid of you, where can people find you guys on the internet, on social media, on whatever?
4: Yep. Um all social media platforms at Opros Fly Fishing. Um that's Facebook, Instagram mainly. We're starting to push more YouTube shorts and YouTube videos. Actually, small plug, as you mentioned, we got a dialed series coming out right now. We're just some like West um midwestern fishermen. We got uh just launched the other day was our buddy Norm Yackle, who went after some carp uh gar and bowfin awesome video some fish you typically don't see caught on the fly um and then smallmouth coming out and some trout coming up and then we'll get into some some musky as well but it's a good little series on uh midwest fisheries and and some tips and tricks um so that's on youtube and and social medias and then our website is oprosgear.com so definitely reach out if anyone has any questions feel free to reach out you'll most likely get me
1: Hey, well, thanks, Dave, for joining us tonight, and uh, hopefully we'll be all getting one of those boxes in January. We'll all be behind you.
4: I appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. Have a nice night. You too. Thank you.
0: And we are back. We've got Captain Pete Romano on the line. Uh, Pete, what have you been up to, man?
5: What's up, guys? How you doing? I just uh, just been fishing as hard as I can. It's As every single day and, uh, loving every second of it. Fall is in full swing, uh, or the beginning of the the fall, I should say. It just turned fall a couple days ago or whatever, but, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, popping off and sparking for a little bit now. And now we're, uh, we're, we're getting ready to be in the thick of it.
0: Nice. How was your, how was, has your fall run hit yet for stripers or or what's going on over there?
5: It literally has just, um, come to the doorstep it's been we've been sparking over the last few uh weeks which i mean i say sparking to my clients or guests like um you know you may see a uh, dusk blitz you know one night but it's not guaranteed and then you know you may see a little you know a little something on shore you know so a lot of bait starting to pull in and sit on the reefs tons of bay anchovies and silversides are schooling up but you don't see the bass yet and then it's just literally now I'm starting to see the mixed bag of fish and the stripers are starting to take, uh, you know, uh, lures or flies during the daylight, which is a big indication.
1: So, you know, now, right now, you said you're right in the albies. Uh, and I saw that you would posted that a fish gave you the the fight of a lifetime. Uh, you know, was it just, be the, just a normal sized fish that just had a little more vigor? Or was that just a big one or, you know, and yeah, so- tell us a little bit about the albies.
5: Yeah, the albies, the albies are. Oh man, it's it's crazy that it's just a bait fish everywhere else in the in the world, but um, <laughs> up in here in New England, it's especially by me because uh, we don't have access to, you know, blue water like off the Cape or Montauk. But um, they're just epic. But that fight in particular, I have all on film, which was just crazy because. I started targeting them a little bit early. Um, We had a big uh, northeast blow, and usually that blows them in with some bait. And I started pushing it, excuse me, uh, like a couple weeks ago, searching for them. And I was striking out, or I see a couple little blips in my normal areas, and I had to really run far, far east uh, from, you know, where I am. Uh, And I finally got on them. And when I connected to that particular fish, that was the biggest fish I've caught um, to me. I personally believe that's my personal best albie, but also just in that area, those those are just big fish for around. Anything when you're touching, you know, double digits, 10 pound, you know, an albie, they're really good, you know, down south. in the Carolinas, they get those buffalo albies and they, they target them up to 20 pounds or whatever, but oh. awesome oh yeah it's sick down there um off the outer banks but if we get anything in the 10 pound range it was great but that fish they were just their water temperatures are perfect for them they're coming in fresh into the sound juiced up and that fish it it took me seven minutes on a spin rod to even get them to the boat i was freaking out and um cause I started filming it. I'm like, I may lose this fish. And I just couldn't believe that he was, I was, I caught, you know, a lot of them and it just, it was insane the amount of energy that this thing was expelling. And then when I got it boatside, side, there was three or four, I thought they were small sharks because I've never seen them come up that way. We're just a pod of three or four Albies around that size. We're talking like 28 inch Albies, um, and they were just following this fish. So it must have been an alpha fish. But when you got him in, you could just tell a big old mature Albie that the jaws really pronounced and they're all just really built out lean. And he was built like a football, like people describe him. Really, really neat fish. When I got him, I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, he gave me everything. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was epic.
1: Um,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm cursed. My very first Albie, it was, it was actually on the Cape <laughs> fishing from shore. We were watching them. Cause you know, you know, they, they circle around chasing the bait and and they, and they came into shore and I put on a, like a really hot, cause I didn't have Albie flies. I put on a really tiny sand eel and then I clipped off the tail and I cast it out there. My, my first Albie was 10 pounds.
5: Wow. Wow. Spoiled.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Like and every Albie since then I've been like, all right, this is still awesome. Right? Like. You're you're losing a hundred pounds of back or a hundred yards of backing, now. Wait. But uh, the worst part is, like, I had no idea what I was doing, uh, and I didn't know.
5: You got it. You can't revive them.
0: Yeah that that fish is yeah. dead. That fish is That's
5: dead. That's the one. And it, yeah, it, it hurts. It broke.
0: I sat there for forty five minutes trying to revive that fish, and then and then I learned if you have a chance of reviving that fish, you got to spike it. Uh, yep. And I was. Twenty-three years old. I had no idea. I was just heartbroken that I killed that that fish that gave me like a like a big bonefish fight, and I, it hurt it hurt my soul. But oh. dude, a ten pound Albie is there. There's
1: nothing like it. So I mean, I was going to ask how uh, how heavy a gear were you using because I, I know you caught it on some kind of it was it was gear rod. But uh, yeah. are you using like? Heavy, heavy action stuff, or what are you using out there?
5: No, no, I'm like uh, super ultra light. Well, I caught that on a um, on a demon rod by Century Rods. Uh, the Century Demon is, is sick. It's a super seven foot medium heavy uh, light action quarter to one ounce rod and a three thousand um, Shimano Twin Power um so it's just they're they're singing and that rod bends over it's incredible what that rod really could handle because it almost looks like a very very thin stick it almost as like a fly rod um so it was just that was that was just a really cool fight and to me and you as you guys know this about me with the the fly and spin we, and we've gotten a few on fly since uh in the last couple of weeks which have been great but um so where i'm located you know uh is is we don't get the concentration of Albies, and you really have to work for it, find your days and spend a lot of time on the water to get blessed. It's not like these places where you're talking to captains, where they come out of Montauk in years past. Montauk hasn't been that great over the last couple of years for me, but um, where you pull out, you know, your boat and they're they're there. Or even like the Cape or Nantucket, Marcus Vineyard, these places where you just go out and you're like to your client, hey, could you water load a little bit and, you know, throw it out there and they come swinging by. I'm doing 85 mile an hour stopping. And then hoping to God that this pod stays up and feeds. It's, I'm in a little bit less of a fishy zone than than most. But over the last few years, we've been getting a really good push of them. And if you're willing to burn the gas, you could get on them. And they, they are, you know, they're going to take flies just like they would anywhere else. And it's absolutely, I was just telling somebody the other day. When you get, when you start fishing albies all day and you start going, you know, 12 or 16 or whatever it may be, and you have those days on the way in, I see bass and blues blitzing. I just drive right by to clean the boat off at the dock. I'm not even interested. I have no desire to to do that. I've done it so much. You know what I mean? It's, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. But it's when you have a, a seven pound fish on average five to seven pounds and they, they stalemate you like that. It's it's incredible. It really is. It's an incredible thing to see a fish of that size yeah. do that
0: to you. And and, and you're lucky. My dad's my dad only fishes from shore, really. Uh, he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll take a boat out to uh, one of the islands that has a bunch of flats, and he'll fish that, but he doesn't fish from a boat. Uh, I guess the Albies didn't really come into the Cape this year. Never made it into the bay. Never made it into... Uh, the the chatham area the orleans area the the stayed out this year so if 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 you're finding them awesome awesome for you man
5: yeah it's funny you say that because the guy i was actually fishing with uh up there last week was saying the same they went out on sunday because that that they had that blow come in you know those winds from that that hurricane and they uh they couldn't get on them either they they weren't uh they weren't They weren't around and close. They went out kayak fishing for them, which usually when you leave that part of the Cape, you know, you're you're got a pretty good shot this time of year. But uh, no, they didn't they didn't get them. So that definitely makes uh, confirms what, you know, what I've heard.
0: Yeah. And and I know he was excited because he goes up a little early for the fall migration uh, to Mm. to try to target Albie. And he'll get he'll get some, you know, resident stripers and stuff like that. But, you know, he was really hoping for some Albies and really struck out this year.
5: Yeah, it's it, it's tough, and you know they're. I I don't know. Every year I'll be fishing. To me, is more like, uh, you know, like you said, from shore. So incredible. It's so so incredible. So, so that's hard, awesome man. that he does it. It's very very difficult to do. <laughs> you have to spend a lot of time, quit your job, and it's it <laughs> takes it takes everything. It really does take everything. Everything you got to do it because there. It, it's truly one of those things with shore albies that if you're not there every day during that prime time, they're not there every day. So, you know, you need to be there around the day that they, you know, that they get that close to you, especially casting a fly. I mean, think about casting a fly off the beach, how short your cast actually looks.
0: Yeah. I mean, best case scenario you're throwing. I mean, they're small flies on a 10 weight, so you can probably throw 90 feet. Uh, yeah. But, but that's it, and and let's say you go, uh, I don't know, tits deep. You're still only throwing 90 feet, and if that bait doesn't come in and those Albies don't circle that bait, you're SOL. You can wa- I've watched them and said, okay, I hope you circle in. I hope you circle in, and I've stood there with uh, an Albie fly in my hand for an hour and a half just watching them circle, hoping I see one break uh, even within like 150 yards. Cause if there's one, maybe there are more around it and sure. I've wasted hours of my life just watching them and
5: <laughs> yeah,
0: cursing at them.
5: <laughs> yeah. That's one thing you do,
0: but on a boat you can run and gun. And that's, that's huge for you guys is, you know, oh, you, you see yeah. him break 300 yards away and you're like, oh, let's roll.
5: Yeah. It's that it's, it's, it's fun. And, uh, It also gets anglers that are super, super into, uh, you know, fishing, real super fishy cats. When you run the program that way and you're, you know, you're running and gunning hard, you know, you're pointing out birds or you're driving along covering water and you spot a, you know, a blitz. And you just make that nice ninety degree turn. You catch them out of your peripheral, and you just—I, you know—I drop it. I drop the hammer, and you fly over to them. And then, you know, I try to run up next. You know, once you get there, but that whole excitement of it, you know, we—it's really—it's a really neat experience for sure.
1: So, you know, when we catch a fish, nine times out of ten, we're not uh, spiking it into the water like it's a football. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's Travis Kelsey or one of these guys um yeah so you know even just that there's just a foreign i you know idea to most most people you know what i mean unless you're out there doing this stuff all the time you know how much different is it and like the first time you were like i should i throw it in too hard am i just what what was take us me take me into all that stuff
5: yeah so that was the evolution just like um yeah we we're talking about before, you know, having to, having to revive them. And, uh, you know, when you, when you try to revive them, them dying, when I was a young, uh, young boy, I was out there and I remember getting my first skiff that I could just get off the beach. And like I said, here, they're very different. You don't get shore out. It's a very big treat. Um, but I did the same thing and everybody does. And it was one of those things where, you see the spike and that was before social media and the internet presence was really there to explain it to you, you know, that that's the way that they need to be doing. They're, they're constantly moving since they're, since they're born. It's a, an amazing, amazing thing. Think about that 15 years. They never stand still and they move at a pretty good clip. Um, you know, like we're a shark never stands still, but he's kind of just swimming. These things just are on fire. They're not, you know, on fire, pretty good. Um, their whole life. So when you take them out of the water, I did the same exact thing. Oh my God, this moment, you finally land one. You're like, Oh, you know, it's it, a big thing to a young, you know, a young angler and, or beginner or whatever. And, uh, you know, you do the same thing you revive, you got your, their tail in their your, your hand, and you're trying to push them through the water like you would a blue fish or a bass or, and, uh, essentially they sink to the bottom. Yeah. They, they, they died. It's, it's tough, you know, and then you, You learn and then the evolution of the spike of getting them back in is that rush of water and oxygen. I think one, you know, jolts them and wakes them back up. But two, that gives them that momentum to keep going because they don't they don't come from a position of chill. So when you drop them like that, it's you know, that's it. They're already on their They're on their way. Uh, the way that they're built is so aerodynamic that I noticed over the years and I think other uh, anglers do too that do this enough is how you know how aerodynamic they are you don't have to bash them into the ground you know like a football It's more of a just a drop, you know just a small, Release and just move your arms in that direction and they just go right in because if you start trying to do that crazy you know you're all juiced up and you shoot them off the side of the boat a lot of times they go sideways you belly flop them and that doesn't always kill them I mean they keep they'll get going but it doesn't look as good and you don't have to do that and smash them into the water.
1: Right on. Well, Thanks for yeah. that. Yeah. So, hey, news to me. I, I and again, I've never yeah. been on the ocean fishing. I hope my first experience on the ocean <laughs> fishing is with you. And I, I really, we really got to get in touch about that. But uh, before that, sure. we, we, uh, we missed the last podcast with you. And that was really in the highlight of uh, your striper season. Um, take us back through the spring and how striper season went for you and, and how it, you know, it's going to be heating up in the fall.
5: Sure. Um. Yes. Spring was really, really good. Um. We we had a great, great spring run. Um. Then our big fish migrated in. We had a really fun time with that. They they came in early. Uh. Water stayed cold for a while. We had a lot of fun with big migrating fish. And then uh, the summertime comes. That water temp moves. They start to go out to their summer haunts. You know, they're hitting on reefs, and we target them. Deep and I think on the last podcast we kind of broke down trying to get down to big fish with a fly. And if you're, you know, what you really need these eel patterns, weighted flies. Um, Mark sent me a picture of two flies that I I, I want them so bad I could taste it because I want to put I want to put well I want to put a forty pounder I want to post it for you. But um, I think we
1: have just, one in our hands know, right yeah, now.
0: I I have yeah. I have four of them in my possession right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'll to them. use them for muskie this fall and then i'm coming up to the cape in june and i'm just gonna bomb these bad boys out to a channel and i know they're gonna slay I oh they
5: they the minute he sent it to me or you know i'm like oh man i'm like these are these are fire because you really need something like that and like I said, the closest thing that i really got because of the weight, and then I also like that jigging action, but the the river pig flies. Um but yeah, getting it down there, you know, using those those heavy grain lines and you know, it's it 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 really is difficult. It's super difficult to do and land one on the fly, but it's very, very cool to see that size fish come on, you know, come off the fly.
0: Yeah, these are these are two hooks and then I think four shank three three shank Eels with double barbell eyes uh epoxied in and they're they're every bit at eleven inches.
6: Yeah they're
0: they're yeah. fired. Yeah they're eleven inches and I got yeah. two I got two in pink because you know the pink sluggos slay. And I oh. got, and I got two in black.
5: Oof. Yeah, those are the colors, buddy. Yeah. Those are gonna do real well, real well for you if those fish are around. That's what's cool about straight bass. Usually uh, if they're around, they do like to eat at some point of the day,
0: yeah. So, did you guys run into any 50 pounders this year?
5: We got uh, my buddy Devin got one right on the right. I, I don't really weigh a lot of my my fish. Um, this year's been a big, a big year over the last two years, three years of me just you know, handling these fish and and watching you know, social media and and all these anglers out there. Um, you know, handling handling fish and handling them properly. And I just, I, you take a, something, you know, an animal like that out of the water and you start holding them vertical on a boga. It, it you know, enough with the, we, we do do the grip and grin. We love it as anglers. We think it's so cool. And I've broken down that psychology the other day with somebody, but, Anyways, I don't weigh many of them because I just kind of know. I put them right, I have a, a tape measure right off the side of the boat. So it's right on there. We get a measurement. I kind of estimate. I mean, if it's a super big fish, um, you know, I'll, I'll do a girth. And I just kind of know because I'm catching so many of them over the years. But we've had a couple just touching that, which is really, really big, you know, in my neck of the woods.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, like when you land a fish, you know that's a forty pound fish. And then you oh, and you know when it's a fifty pound fish. Right? Like that yeah. that head is unmistakable. It's, this is yeah, a fifty it's, pound it's fish.
5: Incredible. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting to even see the difference between a forty four, forty five inch fish to a fifty inch fish. Um and I remember, you know, uh, the night that he that he got one just recently. The, the most recent one was uh, Devin, my buddy Devin, and I took him out there to do it. And uh, he, we drifted and drifted and drifted and drifted. I said, Stay, you know, stick with me. It's a tough game. It's the middle of the summer coming out to do this. And he knew right away. He's a very experienced angler, and he said, Pete, this is a this is a serious animal here. And when we got our both sides, you know, he was like, holy shit. You know, it it really changes the difference between like, oh, I got a 35-inch straight bass. It's a really awesome fish. And then when you pull something like that out of the water, and I don't care, you fly, spin on a chunk, it's it's definitely very cool to see those big pronounced scales and that big eye and those jaw, oh, and that it's white a different undercarriage. Animal.
0: It's a uh, different animal.
5: Whole different ball game. Whole dif- exactly, sir. Whole I mean, different ball
0: game. A keeper striper is awesome. Don't get me wrong. But like a forty yep. or a fifty, like that fifty the fifty is a different fish. It's I, I can't explain it. Jimmy Jimmy's got a question for
2: you. Yeah. So while we're on this topic, this is actually it's a perfect segue into this. So with you seeing as many of that kind of caliber fish that you've that you've encountered on your trips, I uh did a little bit of stalking on you. Hope you don't mind. But uh, I seen a, a mount that you have on your Instagram. Yeah. So what are the specs on that fish? I mean, what what would constitute a mountable size fish for you?
5: So uh, to me, anything over to anything over uh, anything over fifty pounds, I think that you you know you can mount. Um... I'm an, you know, I do all replica mounts. I love mounts. To me, it's like people who collect artwork. So um, if I go somewhere and I catch something that I think is a uh, trophy to my standards, I'm not saying like the world standards, but if I, you know, if I went to uh, Mexico and I caught a uh, a sailfish, you know, I, I, I mounted it. Um, I got the specs. I replica mounted it. Um, I did that when I was young. But I've done that throughout different fisheries all over the world as I as I fished them um if it's a decent sized fish you know so that fish was uh 52 and a half 54 pounds and <laughs> it looked enormous
2: I mean, in your in your photos so like i'm like man i gotta ask him about that
5: uh d- yeah that was a uh, uh, big big birthday yeah that was uh that was just a cool fish but that was a fish um that was one of those fish that I had a bunch of mounts and I was a, you know, I'm a striper guy and I'm like, I don't have a striped bass mount, And I had, I had just caught in that fish and I'm like, you know, this is a really, really neat, you know, this is just a, oh, just awesome experience. I said, this is a, you know, it's a cool fish to mount, and then it'll show people, you know, when they come over to house or whatever in my game room, you know, and they ask like, you know, that's what they kind of look like at their, you know, at their max, you know, when they're, when they're super mature and they're, they're getting big now you know, these guys in Rhode Island, they're, they're pulling 60 pounders, you know, that's a, a, in Rhode Island, guys are throwing back, you know, a lot of fifties to get to a 60, it's a different type of fishery, and, uh, there's some legality issues of where they fish, you know, there, but, um, it, there, there's some big straight bass, there's some big straight bass in New England, but we really gotta, we gotta watch them, you know, and I, you know, we gotta, we gotta make sure that they're around, it's just, uh. There because they are a unique fish where I go all over the world to fish. That's one of my favorite things to do. And, you know, I'm not like a, a millionaire to do it, so it's a big deal when I do get to go and save up. But you, you see fisheries where it is slow or you get skunked or you have a bad day. And, you know, straight bass uh, bite the hook. I think that's why anglers really like them because if they're around and they're schooling fish, you can catch them any way possible every single uh, you know, technique there is, and they're just a, I think they have that quintessential fish look.
0: Absolutely. And for me, it's being able to sight fish for them. Like, oh, yeah,
5: that's incredible. Like,
0: I have, I've, the only time I've ever been out on a boat fishing for stripers is we went out to, uh, I'm not spot burning here when I say this, but uh, what is it, horseshoe? Horseshoe, yeah, horseshoe, horseshoe yeah. off a knot, off a not what it, Where's Horseshoe? It's it's south of Chatham, and, and yeah, I, and we said we want to yeah. fish with flies, and they're like, "All right, put a a deep running line on, and we're gonna troll." And I'm like, "That's not what mm. I want to do." Yeah, and that yeah, that's how they him. did it, and I was like, "Ah, this is not for me." But then yeah. as we went along, we learned, you know, you can fish a rip. You know, you can you can fly cast into a rip, let it let it let let it drift down through, and uh, effectively strip it back. Strip it back in, and and that's awesome. Rip fishing is fun, but for oh, me, great. the flats of the Cape, uh, you know there there are some flats in Montauk, but not a whole lot. But like that, that's it for me. Seeing those, fish. but you're not gonna see those fifty pound fish fishing the flats, like
5: I, yeah, I, very tough.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest. Between my dad and me and all of my buddies, we've ever landed on the flat. Sight fishing was like 43 inches, which is still a
5: banging oh, fish. Yeah, it's but, a magnificent thing to do. I, you know, to, to sight fish straight past is a serious uh, thing. There's only, you know, there's there's places to do it, but it, it's, not a, it's not something that everybody gets to do, for sure.
0: No, it's tough. And you've got to have the perfect day. You've got to have the perfect yeah. weather. Uh, and the fish have to be there. Like in the fall... Sight fishing for stripers is like you're gonna get three good days a year or three good days a month, tops, because
1: of hurricanes.
5: Yeah, yeah, winds, small winds. It's it's rough. Yeah.
1: So you two went into some serious talk about conservation the last time we were on the air, and I mean you guys mm. went deep, man. And I, I was I was really digging that talk, uh, just about the fishery out there in general. And how you've seen lack of this fish or other fish, maybe bluefish is one of them. Uh, you know, you guys, you and Chris got to go off on that too, because I, I, that was something that I really took out of our last conversation that we have to talk about tonight.
0: Yeah. And I'll, oh. and I'll, and I'll start with that, Pete, just to give you a, a, a timeline for me. I started fishing for striped bass in 1999, which is just, you know, not many years after the moratorium was lifted. So yes. for, those, for those that don't know, Uh, for a very long time, you could not fish for and or keep striped bass because the population was so incredibly low. Like all of the states agreed, you will not be doing this. And I I think the moratorium was lifted in what, like 93, 95, something like that?
5: Yeah, early 90s, I believe. Early 90s. So I started fishing for stripers
0: in 99, so... You know, we'd see sight fishing 10,000 fish a day. Easy. Uh, Now, most of them were schoolies, right? So the schoolies would be going one way, and then the big girls would actually be going the other way against. So the schoolies would be pouring into these bays, and the big fish would just be cruising around like, hey, uh, I own this shit. I'm just going to do what I want. Uh, Yeah. And then in the, in the late, but let's say before two, let's say in 2000, I don't know, 15, it started to dry up. Like I noticed on the Cape 2015, those fish started to dry up and the, the fishing got worse and worse and worse because the keeper limit was, uh, at least in Massachusetts, 28 inches and you could keep two a day. And every angler was doing that. Every one of them. And, yeah. then, and then I think in, what was it, 2018, 2019, they raised the limit to 32 inches, and you can keep one a day. And they're really trying to keep those breeding classes alive because those bigger classes are the, are the breeders, right? Like anything over 28 inches are, is, is the breeding class. And, and I think from our previous conversation, you experienced somewhat of the same. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah,
5: yeah, ex- exactly. Um, you know, and I think that within any any one of our fisheries, whether somebody's here for striped bass or wh- whatever, the, whatever the fishery is, is, you know, protecting it. And especially when it's as vast as striped bass fishing. And the, I think we talked a touch base, if I don't remember, on the culture of people wanting to eat striped bass. You know, people mm-hmm. think that they're this phenomenal, delicious fish, and yes, they, they're they're edible fish. Some people think that they're really nice. White, there's a lot of other fish that are in, you know invasives. that are, you know, like we I think we mentioned black sea bass. Go out and get you know, catch black sea bass, catch porgies, have fun with them. This is a sport fish, a little bit like we were talking. What they did in you know, in Florida with the tarpon, like that's our game fish in New England. Why not put the moratorium, you know, back in, let's bring it back. You can't take one, you know, you can't take one home, you know, maybe not take it out of the water. I don't know what it, what it has to be, but I've talked about this with so many people and, you know, politics are corrupt and and basically what, you know, what you hear is it's never, it's not going to change um, enough unless you really get after it. So, you know, or, the angler himself, you know, being a conscious uh, person of the outdoors, you know, what like hunters, you know, making an ethical shot, making, you know, not not doing illegal things. You know, I think about it all the time. Think about these big fish. And now with everything being blown up uh, with the Internet and, and social media and all that and the information out there, I see guys local in my neck of the woods. Think about how vast the area of straight bass span and you're telling me, you know, guys that are lifting these fish in nets over a, a boat, you know, a three foot, uh, a three foot drop in a, in a net and then dropping them onto the deck of the boat and then go, you know, lifting them up by the jaw and then throwing them back overboard after picture time. I mean, they're, they're a little bit more resilient than I think people give them credit for, you know, that's not like a bonefish, I don't think from what I've seen, but I know science gets, you know, they start telling you other things, but you know, how much of that is, is great to a wild fishery. And I think it's such an education issue because where are the people, especially nowadays they are consumed with so much, so many other things we like, you, you have to understand that it's not a stocked fishery. There's nobody putting them there. You know, nobody goes in and goes, Oh yeah, we're, we're releasing 20,000 this year to help out the fishery here in new England. Um, it's, it's not there, you know, so they're wild fish. You're catching a fish that's, it's all happening on its own. And you just really have to be, you know, conscious about uh, doing that. And then taking the, you know, and, and how you, you know, the, how you handle them. Really, really how it, it goes full circle on, on all that really, you
0: know, hundred percent. And, and in the two thousands, we would keep a fish. Like if we caught, you know, the limit was, tw- yeah. was 28 and we'd catch like a 30, 31 inch fish, woo, touchdown Steelers. And we'd catch a 31 inch fish. Uh, we'd we'd bonk it and take it home, right? Now, it doesn't matter what size it is, I'm not taking that fish home, ever. I mean, they're delicious, don't get me wrong, but there are yeah. more delicious fish out there, and every fish market anywhere has them. Like, I, w- yes. I would rather eat a bluefish than a striper. Is a striper better tasting? Yes. Is- yes. Yes. Is it that much better tasting that I'm going to pull a breeder out of that stock? No.
5: Yeah. And that's it right there. You hit the nail right on the head, you know, just like you said, being conscious about it and going, yeah, I like to eat them, but you know what? I like catching them more. I want them around. They're fun. Uh, pe- You know, people rely on them, you know, and, and up here, I don't, and I drive that home to some people is we, as you know, on, on the tape, There is other fish to be caught, but it's not biodiverse. I mean, it is biodiverse, but not in the the terms of like a Florida fishery where oh, it's blowing today. We're going to go do this. You don't have 27 different species to catch inshore for the average angler. So that being said is... That's really what you have. It's the mainstay for a lot of guys. And that goes for not only guides, but, you know, uh, weekend warriors, guys that just are diehards that love to do it. So you just kind of kind of keep the fishery alive. But I'm, I'm pretty much like that with all fisheries. You know, really take only what you need. I see it now blowing up with the tuna fishery, with the social media. And don't get me wrong. I'm all juiced up about it. But how many tunas do you need to take? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm do, the f- do you need? Yeah, do you need 10? I mean, you get 80 pounds of meat off of a small tuna. I mean, you know, how many, you know, what are we doing here?
0: Oh, that's exactly it. I mean, you're taking these big 600-pound tunas out, like four or five, you know, you got the fleet out there off of off, yeah. Of, off of P-Town. Yeah. Uh, and they're taking four, five, six, five, six, seven, 600-pound tunas a day. Like, how many yeah. are there out there? Let's be realistic. Exactly. This is what we're talking I about, like,
1: about uh, the uh, what's that, the show? The Oh, Wicked Tuna. wicked tuna. tuna. Wicked 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 tuna. tuna. Yeah, It's like that. Yeah. I, you're talking about that idea, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 horse shit. Like,
0: well, uh, yeah, tuna's delicious, yeah. but you know what's a sixty pound tuna is amazing, right? Oh, yeah. A six hundred yeah. pound tuna is better, but it's not good enough to eliminate. The broodstock of those tuna for the next decade, because that big yep. fish is not out there reproducing.
5: Yeah, you you got it. You got to watch. You got to watch that. You know, and then I think you even have to watch it now with the the jig and pop game. Like I just went last week off the Cape to go do that, and you know, even those fish, those sixty to two hundred pound class fish, let's say or two fifty pound, even them, you know. If does everybody on the boat need to take one, uh, you know, if you talk to the majority of guys, they're going to tell me, Hey P, shut the hell up. You know, every, I want my fish and you know, God bless you. But I'm totally fine with harvesting one fish and throwing the rest back for, you know, for sport. And now there is a whole thing about fighting a fish to exhaustion and the you know, ethics of, you know, if you're a catch and release angler, there's a bit of, uh, you know, being a hypocrite involved in that. You know, if you don't, if you're that sensitive to it, you probably shouldn't fish, you know, sticking hooks in a fish's mouth. But at the same time, you know, it, you just, you know, you have to do as much as you can. Just, you know, be a human being. That's all. You know, that's all. Just be a part of the planet. Yeah. You know, if you think it's wrong, don't do it. And there's ways
0: to go about it. Like I know guys that stripe that striper fish with an eight weight. Uh, Yeah. When I striper fish, I fish with a 10 weight with 25 pound fluoro on it. And I horse that fish in. Uh, These guys, these guys will attest to how I fight a fish. That fish is coming in and it's coming in right now. And, and I gear up to do that because I don't want to kill that fish. I want to catch it. I want to look at it. I want to be like, "Thank you," and away you go.
5: Yeah, it's you know you definitely have to you definitely have to watch you know all, all those things exactly you know your gear, um, and the, the 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 way that you're handling them in warm in warm weather you know warm water conditions, and it's just. Uh, I just wish that more people and maybe they are getting on board, especially this generation with seeing some of the conservation based ideals, um, you know, doing that, you know, hopefully they are. They are doing that. There is more anglers that yeah, we you know, maybe even if they did take one, that would that's their law. That's their limit. You know, they could legally take that fish, but not hiding a second one in the cooler or, you know, nobody's nobody's gonna around. Let's throw five in. You
0: know. Right. And and because you can doesn't mean you should. You know, you got six guys it on a boat, work. you get you get three stripers. I mean, that's a filet each. Yeah. Right? Uh yeah. So so I think we've I think we've handled the conservation. Yeah, I, think I think we're on the same yeah, page. Yeah, yeah, we so
5: let's yeah, uh we, tell,
1: it, we it in. <laughs> i want to uh go into the bluefish a little bit. I saw you had a bluefish, and that goes into a little bit of like you guys had talked about seeing less or more of them. Yeah, uh, I've seen the other less... day and um But you caught one. Uh, It was a nice one, and it didn't seem like it was too, too long ago. So, you know, talk on some bluefish, and then we'll get into the vacation and be uh, on your way.
5: Yeah, no, it's awesome. The the blue fishing is, is, is incredible. And I was just saying to somebody yesterday, if I could catch 15 to 20 pound bluefish locally, I would, it would be the greatest thing in the world for me. I absolutely love them. There's nothing around here that you're going to get that fights like that other than an Albi, that jumps out of the water, gives you the quintessential tail walk. You're just not going, you're not going to get that. They're phenomenal. They've even put a, you know, we have a big tournament here. Um, uh, twenty five thousand WICC bluefish tournament. They call it the greatest bluefish tournament on earth. And it's a kill tournament and that's, you know, all well and good. But you know, so they, they just put regulations on going down from keeping five bluefish a day of any size to three. And if you're from New England or the area, you know, snapper blues are a big thing for kids and humans in the in the summer. You know, snapper blues are what, five inches. They're young of the year bluefish.
0: Yeah, like and five to are, ten inches. Yeah,
5: yeah. Yeah, five to ten inches. You throw them in a fry. We've all eaten hundreds of them. They're, they're delicious and very fun. It's cool. Take kids to do it. Old men love to do it. Everybody loves it. It's a fun thing to do. Harbors, are, you know, inundated with them. They're fun. Well, now they <laughs> shut that down. When my father used to fish, it was still a five-gallon pail. Then it went to 30 and now it's down to, you know, now it's down to catch three. What do you do with three? So, you know, nobody's even either one, you're either not even going to do it because what are you going to do with three fish that don't even weigh, you know, a half a pound or are you illegally just taking them because there's the policing isn't isn't there. You can't cover as many people or, you know, and on top of that is, um, you know, why have a kill tournament i know there's a little bit more about the content the conservation but i'll I'll bring it full circle you know why have a kill tournament if that's the that's the style you know that's the look you're going for is they are trying to you know to make it uh, to keep less and you're going to have a tournament where you know you could kill all these big breeder fish for weight classes so There's definitely a little bit decline in the in the stripers and in the bluefish. And they say it has to do, you know, with a lot of the trawlers off the coast in Jersey and taking, uh, you know, bluefish and uh, Manhattan or bunker pogies, wherever you're from, for, uh, you know, fish oils and fish meals and all that. So, um, yeah, bluefish. You gotta you gotta protect the blues too, and they're an amazing fish. And then that fish that I think you've seen or you're talking about, we get uh you know we get them, we do get them. And when we do, I go full bore. I had uh, a few clients this year ask me to just go after blues. They like to get you know just. Blasted by big bluefish, and they're—they are. They're just a really cool fish. They—they they slam lure flies. I mean, getting one fly fishing for them is just epic. Like I throw big poppers on a reef for them, and they just—they're almost like a, a jack. They come right up and slam it, and then flip out on you, and they fight right all the way to the boat. It's amazing. Have
0: you have you seen many big uh, 30 forty-inch 40 gator blues recently?
5: No, and it's uh it's one of the things that it's it really kills me because as a kid I caught the tail end of big bluefish inshore. You know I used to walk out off the beach in my waders and cast rods to them pushing bait on shore, and we used to get them pushing bait all the way into the harbors. And now you'll see one or two occasionally, but you don't have that. Um, I remember as a kid, we'd have weeks where we'd go fish these bridges over, you know, marshes where they would push the bait in so strong, everybody's catching a 15 pounder, you know, and, and every, yeah. and then people are taking twenties, but and if you really want to talk about how fun that could be, it really <laughs> is amazing. It's just, it, they're, inc- I mean, and they're ferocious. So they, they're looking to eat, you know, they, they do everything you want them to do. And just a tidbit, if you don't mind it, kind of brings into the appreciation for having a fishery like this because um maybe some people out there will find this interesting i sometimes get bored of my fishery in terms of not having the mix like i was just talking about of that many species to catch and then i go on these vacations and i find places where the fish are incredible but you know what they're not getting three four weeks of fish blitzing on top you know they're 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 even telling you know even in Florida I fished it a lot and you talk to people Pete you're not always just going off on a boat and seeing acres and acres of fish getting blitzed on you know and, and having chances to fish them top water and it really put it in perspective this year going um, off the coast of Portugal to the Azores Islands I'll intro you into that next subject for you and seeing how incredible that fishery is but again. I wasn't jigging popping tuna like I wanted to, you know, Pete, we have to do it on the troll. Yes, we get days, but I guess what I was saying getting at is just the appreciation of having a fishery where yes, you may not like that. There's four, five, six, seven game fish to target, but you're getting them in all the different ways that you want.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can get, I mean, your area, you're going to get what Albies, stripers blues bonito uh and mm. if you and if you so chose to go a little further out you're gonna get sharks uh yep. and and talk to us about your your tuna trip my tuna trip up there what and it was fly only uh we were using 14 weights and we were running and gunning right look like we were waiting for a pod yep. to come up and we were motoring and Cass and Adam and, and I caught a sixty pounder. I was very lucky. Uh and uh again, uh, conservation aside, we ate it right there. But we caught yeah, multiple team,
4: the soy
5: sauce.
0: <laughs> yep. We caught multiple more and threw them all back because we all all we wanted was that one to eat right there.
5: That's awesome. Did you do that recently?
0: This six or seven years ago off of okay, uh, yeah. off of P Town. Now yeah. every time I go to Cape Cod I book a trip and i've been on three and i've been to cape cod 25 times in the fall yeah. so like it's usually wind and waves and you get you get blown off so especially for a fly trip right like if you're if you're chucking gear it's different but on a yeah. fly trip you've got to have less than like no, it's... two footers and
5: oh it's yeah, it it was, yeah you, it, my recent trip there was we had a lot of high hopes and that hurricane had come up the coast last weekend. And I just went this past Wednesday and we were, uh, jigging pop, um, you know, so, you know, casting for them. And, uh, that was the trip There we weren't on a boat where we were doing anything else. You know, it was specified, you know, specific to, that's what we wanted to do get one on a popper. We would love one on a fly, but we kind of know in the fall, it's really tough conditions, as you just said. Yeah. And we were, we got out there, supposed to be great you know uh, the winds were supposed to be improving and they did throughout the day but when we got out there in the morning we really got our, our balls and boys. um <laughs> it was it, it was you want to talk about getting beat up we were we, you know we got out there getting you're getting splashed right away we're coming up big swells uh chops getting sprayed in the face right away very tough to see the birds very tough for the captain to do what he needed to do um and that morning bite was there. We, we were trying to get to a couple of the pods that we saw right away. And we had very, very little, very little shots at it. Um, that coupled with the fact that that storm and, and tuna fishing, a lot of people don't realize how big the, the, the environmental changes are from a, from a storm. Um, they it changes uh, chlorophyll in the water and water temperatures and water that turns over and where these fish go. And, you know, because they could travel 250 miles a day, you have to get on them after these storms. And it's a huge ordeal. We ended up covering 148 miles and we burnt like 120 gallons of gas went all the way out to the regal sword looking for them. And the whales were there. We had big bait, but we could not find these fish. So it it was, it's tough. It's tough to spend that type of money and go out there and and really want it. And, you know, have, have them shut down on you, you know, granted, do we get to see them for a few split seconds? Really epic. Very cool. If anybody goes, you know, knows and you see the Cape and you're fishing that close to shore, um, it's amazing. It's really amazing to do such a thing, but you know what? I'm going to go after it again. Uh, you know, next year, I like to go every year and, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's incredible, but we, uh, we ended up striking out due to weather, just like you said, you got blown right off.
0: Yeah. It's, it's th- that that's the game. Now, now yeah. you said you went out of Chatham. Did you guys go North out of Chatham or did you guys just go straight East?
5: <laughs> We went, we came out, we, we came out of Chatham. We rounded that point. We went North all the way up, right. We followed the coast almost all the way, I would say in line with P town. And then we went back down South and then we turned and then we went straight out about 40, 40, 45 miles, um, to the regal source. And, uh, We saw the life and the day did improve and it got really nice, but the fish never came up. And then that's the other thing too, right? You know, when you're fishing either on fly or with a popper or a jig, if these fish aren't blitzing on top, like Albies, it's a a lot of water out there. As you know, it's, it's intense. What are you doing? You're waiting. You know what I mean? So you're really paying essentially for, for a got for a captain's knowledge and the gas for him to drive you around.
0: Yep. And then hoping for that luck.
5: Oh man, but I'll tell you, it's got to make it so sweet. You guys know, just like musky fishing, you know, it's the same, same thing in a way. You know, you're putting a lot of time and effort and mornings, and maybe missing something you shouldn't, or making up stories to get out there and do it, or whatever, and it not happening, and it hurts when you go home. It stinks, yeah. But you know, you go out there, and then when it does, cat, you do, you know, the feeling. You guys all know oh, that feeling is incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs>
0: We know it well. So uh, you recently went on a vacation. Tell us a little bit about that.
5: Yeah, we, uh, me and my uh, my woman, Diana, I'm going to call her Moosey Cakes. <laughs> um, we went to the a Island. Can we call her Moosey Cakes? Anybody? You can call her Moosey I don't Cakes. think, I don't her think <laughs> that'll name, <laughs> fly. Her name in high school. <laughs> you can't, People look at me all the time and they're like, some people, we, I call her Moose so much around them, they're like, holy shit, he calls his girlfriend Moose? And then they're like... They're like, I don't know her name because he doesn't call her anything else, <laughs> and so it's funny. But uh, her last name is Musanti, and she's a big sports player in high school. She is volleyball uh, star, and they would they called her Moose. And when I met her, I thought it was an awesome thing. I love nicknames. I love you know. I love joking around and being funny. And I never stopped calling her Moose, and then it just evolved one day into Moosey Cakes. I've been calling her that now for like fourteen years, so um, just uh, just crazy. But yeah, so we uh, we ended up going on this vacation. So it wasn't super-based fishing. It was definitely more uh, just to see the Azores Islands is amazing. It's a a chain of seven volcanic islands, uh, 938 miles, I believe, off the coast of Portugal. Um, They call it the Hawaii of the Atlantic. And I did book a tuna trip there. Uh, Water was amazing. Uh, If you ever, guys, get a chance or you wanted to take – you know, your friend, your family, your wife, anybody, girlfriend there. It's uh, absolutely incredible place. The culture, the the scenery is, yeah, I've never, I've been a lot of places and me and her were both very awestruck. So very beautiful place. But uh, they do have some freshwater species. So uh, long story short, you know, we went out one day on the ocean. We had really big ideas. The yellow fins did pop up. We did get some yellow fins to pop up. Again, these guys troll for them. Um, and we he threw out, you know, he threw out a big fifty wide, and he, oh, he was screaming, and we were, I was excited. I'm like, oh man, here we go, you know, this was exactly what I came for. And they were up for a minute, went down, we trolled, they didn't get, you know, didn't bite the hook, so it was a little, that was a little hurtful too. So tunas this year for me are really, are really coming after me hard. But uh, ended up catching some other, uh, some other real cool fish, mackerel and groupers, and it was a nice trip, but. I wanted to book another trip, but again, you know, as a fisherman, you have to know, right, weather. the rest of the week was just too windy offshore to really get it done, and I just uh, turned inward, and I was like, you know what, I did some research, found out that they had some freshwater species on the island, which included uh, rainbow trout, and they have pike, uh, carp, and uh, perch, maybe yellow perch, And I just, uh, any piece of water I found, I would just uh, go and and investigate it. And if I had a few minutes or we were in an area, go out and fish it. It was a lot of fun. Really, uh, really cool. I ended up finding some real cool mountain streams. And the terrain there is insane because they're volcanic islands and it's super ledgy and you get these little spring creeks that really come up through the ground and it's really neat. You can drink the water because of the aquifer of the the volcanic um, stone. And these trout that they've stocked many years ago now in there. They don't get too big at all, but they're just really pretty. So I was just using hopper droppers and they were they were crushing it. Really cool, really neat. Try awesome. to uh yeah, real cool. off of
0: Portugal. Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah,
5: off the yeah, off the coast of Portugal. So it's a Portuguese owned islands. Um you Portuguese people do live there. Uh Really clean, beautiful. I mean, like I said, it's I couldn't really wrap it into words on the beauty of the place. It's like uh, I, don't, I don't even not explain the, it. It's like the, Hawaii. The pictures Sweden.
1: you, the pictures you posted were definitely in, just incredible. I mean, you couldn't, like you uh, said. I mean, you probably couldn't even explain it at that. It looked like girlfriend was having yeah. a great time as well. Uh, I saw some rear view pictures of her with a selfie of herself <laughs> having a great time uh, with you fishing in the other picture, which was an awesome pick. Jay, you weren't here she, for this, she, but sorry. we call her Moosey she ran, Cakes. Yeah.
6: Moosey Cakes?
1: She ran, Moosey Cakes. Okay. Moosey cakes, yeah. Moosey Moosey cakes. Yeah,
5: Moosey, okay. Moosey Cakes, yeah. No, but sorry. you're right, dude. She turns around. She's like, oh, my new – she bought a new phone before the trip, and she's like, it's got this feature where you can shoot yourself and then the uh, front camera and, and, and uh, back camera. And she's like, "Look at this!" While I was sitting I'm like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, "We gotta post it!" Yeah, she was having a blast on that island. She's a she's a professional, um, <laughs> <furniture>. um, <laughs> uh Yeah, it's was really incredible. But yeah, exactly. The hard to, there was two or three spots that to become a, a sap. I'm usually not that type of guy, but I I I would walk up to these vistas. They have beautiful viewpoints there. And to be honest with you, I almost get a little emotional and I don't ever get like, like it was, it's that intense of a view. It really, really, really is. It's crazy. Really crazy. Yeah. But yeah, very cool.
0: I, I feel the same way. Like, like nature can make, make me an, uh, emotional and so can, uh, some random pet commercials,
6: yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah,
0: Disney movies, nature
1: and random pet commercials.
0: Arms of the angels <laughs> like, that does God. it for you. <laughs> And you
1: guys are like uh, I can yeah <laughs> oh, the pet commercials is like oh god I'm going to re- adopt every goddamn yeah, sick I have, dog in this picture. Yeah, look movies, I'm not a, yes.
0: I'm not a violent man anymore but like if not anymore if I could slap Sarah McLaughlin and just be like stop it
6: <laughs> yeah. yeah, if I shut that shit off, man, I change that channel. Me and my mom were like,
5: I think everybody. You're yeah. like, come on, lady, enough with this commercial already, yeah. please, I it. Almighty. These, these
2: two pennies, are... just two pennies a day. Yeah, these dogs
5: are sad. I get it.
0: Don't <laughs> show them to me. Damn it.
5: Yeah, yeah. You're like on this day. That's funny. I heard one of you guys say that two two pennies a day. You can say you're like, take my whole life, please, adopt them yeah. or I want them now. Oh, that's just, that's hysterical. Yeah. That's, uh, that's funny. Yeah. I love animals, a big, big animal, big animal nut over here. I save every, the other day I saved a, um, so sometimes we get bugs that get blown off the, the coast just with the the wind for whatever reason, if they land in your boat or what, what have you, but I'll, I'll save them dude, and put them in, uh, uh, my tackle box. And then I bring them back to shore and people laugh their ass off. And I'm like, I don't know, dude, what, what, one thing, one thing that I tell people is, is of course, us being humans and bigger than a lot of creatures, we could end something's life or you know be a savage at any given moment. But how big of a feeling is it to take something that you know that you could be mean to and 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 show kindness? What could what type of person is it where you don't have to? You know you could do something, but you choose to do something maybe a little bit more difficult and actually save something or, or help something out. And I believe me, I'm a meat eater. I'm not here to be like, Hey, I just think that, you know, if you can, you can we're all, you know, we're all part of the planet. Let's, let's have some fun. And you know, if, if you get a chance to be cool to something that, you know, you don't have to be mean to, you know, just do it, you know? Yeah, just I think there was
0: a, okay. Th- other than pick roll, I that, think
1: we're all with you.
5: Yeah. In, well, <laughs> no. In that, no in, yeah, send them right to hell. <laughs> to exactly right. In
1: that, into that pro- thought process, there was a just walking out to where we, uh, you know, take our breaks at. There was a giant, giant spider just just minutes ago. Uh-huh. You know, we were talking, my wife was oh, down okay. here. My that's, wife was down here. This thing, a huge bull that, spider. That, that's a
2: Harry Potter spider. Yes,
1: a huge, huge bull spider. One of the biggest we've either any of us have seen. And we're like, any of us could have just stomped it. But I'm like, it's outside. It's outside my house. If it was yeah. inside my house, in my kitchen... Maybe in fear I might stomp it, but uh, it's outside. In, I was about it to say, Chris, place.
2: you were 100% for killing that spider. I, 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 no, I'm, I'm
1: going to let it live. I just that's I'm, I have the same kind of thought process as you. Oh, that's, if I don't oh, have man, to kill I, something, I I'm not that. going to. <laughs> if it's in my house, if it's a bee in my house, or uh, a yellow jacket's where I draw the line, I'll kill all of them. Sure. But yeah, that's sure. about it. I mean, other than that, yeah. I mean, hey, no, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. That's
5: incredible. But uh, if that spider was in my house, I would burn my house down. you say that. To and me, I think it, it is. It's just a really neat. It's a, to me that's really cool to hear. You know, other people when they when they say stuff like that, because it to me it's like. You know, it, just exactly what you said. He's outside. He's, and it was, for me, it was a big thing with spiders because when I was a young kid, I ran into a orb weaver, a uh, spider's web in the backyard of my grandmother's house. And I mean, I went in it where the spider was crawling on my face and it freaked me out a little bit. And for, they're for big. Time. Yeah, and they're big scary. and they they, 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 orb weavers look scary, you know? Oh, yeah. And it took big, it's, long legs. it long It took, yeah. Yep. And, and, and those, and the quintessential spider, scary spider look and, but you know what's took me eat every year since then? Um, you know, I'm even fearful of them because I, I'm, you know, I'm not big on, hey, let's put a spider. You know, I don't think I'm one of those guys that can hang with you taking a tarantula out, you know, and sticking it on my hand. It's, it would be very, very tough for me to do, but you know what? I don't need to go around and, and kill them around my house every year. This time of year, about three, four weeks, yeah, about two, three weeks ago, they start building, you know, their webs yep, all around sure. the house.
0: Yeah. And, big yep. webs this
5: time you know, of here. And you know what? Some of them, I, I noticed one, I, I, my girlfriend was laughing. I was naming some of them around the house this year. We got quite a few. And one out by my gazebo at night seemed to be small. And I would leave the light on them in the gazebo to help them out get you know some bugs and wet because <laughs> they would attract them with a bug. You know, just having a good time with uh, you know just having the human experience where everybody else is. You know what? We got to kill something, eat it, go ahead. But you don't got to go out of your way to you know just uh, bash things and kill them for no reason. So that's awesome. You guys are into that, or some of you are at least.
6: <laughs> yeah,
1: you I, know, but I'm, I'm the first I'm... guy. I, I'm I'm I'll hunt this year. I'm gonna. I hope I at least kill three deer myself to feed my sure. family this winter. Yeah, and I feel like that's all. Just to kind of, you know, the harvest, it's a little different thing. And, we, you know, you talked about the harvest with the, a lot of the different species of uh, fish that you get to fish for. Um, hey, Pete, uh, is there anything that we haven't hit on tonight that you can go into for the next 25 minutes and uh, keep this thing going?
5: Oh, man, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, we, we did, we did cover a lot of stuff tonight. We went over a lot of the stuff we talked about on the, on the last show um, that people didn't get to hear, but... You know, just um, I don't know if you want to touch base on just the, the deep fall run and how we get a big run of fish, you know, in our river late into the year. And, you know, very fortunate for that to have a holdover fishery here in uh, Connecticut. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, talk about yeah, that. Yeah, do on, it. On, uh, and, how you,
0: and how you fish it. Like, are they running deep? Are they shallow? Can you sight cast for yeah. them? Are they on top? Yeah. Talk, talk to us about that fall run because I know they're fat fish, right?
5: Yeah, they're they're here and the, it's so funny because people always ask me, you know, Pete, what time in the fall? And they oh, they undershoot it always where I am. So in a lot of those other places when fall is wrapped up and they're like, "Yeah, dude, there's no, you know, we're not really fishing hard, you know, in uh Rhode Island right now. My fishery's on fire in Thanksgiving. You know, I mean, we're talking birds, big bass, blue still around. And it's very, very cool to go out in November and go off the beach and just have a ball. And then they start to pour in the river. And what really happens is is the sound warms up really well. And they get all this bait in the sound. And then what all these fish corral it tight to shore and, and deep into Long Island Sound. And as the water cools and they gorge and gorge on these fish, a lot of these striped bass that don't migrate with the rest of the, the rest of the the fleet that goes down to the Chesapeake and the Hudson. You have some that I truly believe are born in this river, even though the DEP doesn't recognize it, but they are, they come in the river to, to live because that's their home. And that's what they do each year. And then you have holdover fish, fish that have gone, came in right. You're eating bait. All of a sudden you turn the, the the temperature down. And now these fish are like, Oh shit, you know, I ain't making the run and you hold over in this river that has a food source to it. So we have a mixed bag of fish um from now all the way to next spring and it really is a, a amazing thing. Uh there's definitely need to be some protection on it. Uh they're uh right now they're having some studies in the river to, to show the catch and release um Uh, effects on the river because there is a lot of catch and release fishing going on and over the last few years with social media and then the pandemic and so many people becoming fishermen they found that there's this river you know close to everybody that they could go out and do this so we're having a little bit of a pressure issue but um to get off of that and just talk about how fun it is there's a we get a lot of fish that come in and hold over and they're a mixed bag you can get them on fly we start we you start getting them on top waters and then, you know, you're getting subsurface, you're getting awesome fly eats between, you know, five and 25 feet of water. And then they start to, as the temperature drops, um, you know, they get dormant. But that's late into December. You know, I stopped fishing from January 1 just because I don't need to fish for fish that are, are at, you know, are now sluggish. They need their reprieve. Let them go up river, hang out, do what they uh, they, you know, they're doing and just hang. And that's one of the things that we're having a little bit of an issue with is that those fish are getting pressured by people during this time where they should be just being left alone. And hopefully in the next few years following, we'll get some, you know, uh, rules in place for that to to protect those guys. You know, maybe a a, a no, you know, ban, you know, no fishing from January 1 to March 31st, you know, because we get a lot of guys out early in the spring, you get excited. And it's a way to say, hey, I caught a bunch of fish. Now, don't get me wrong. Not all of these fish are huge. Um, so, you know, we pick on a lot of guys. Don't hang your hat on catching a, a holdover schoolie. You know, these guys come out. Oh, I got a, I got 60 today. Oh, well, good for you, buddy. I mean, you know what I mean? You're fishing in a barrel. But um, leading up to that, this whole thing in, in our river, it's just uh, it really is cool. It, it's, it's something that I try to tell people if you ever want to come out and do it. And you want to fish with me, I tell guys that if you're a beginner, um, whether you're on a fly angler or a spin angler, and you want to catch a lot of fish and uh, learn how they act and, you know, just keep replicating what you're doing so you're learning throughout the day so you really get the hang of what it is that you're doing and then geek out on the fish. It's a phenomenal time to come, and so many people don't do it. I have a lot of availability um, late in the year. One, it's cold, right? And two, uh, people just don't realize that there's fish eating like that for that time of year.
1: So, hey, if you're gonna get a, if you're gonna get a trip, go in the fall.
5: <laughs> I, I yeah, I really, really, I, I tell people that if you're gonna get a trip, come in the fall, and uh, you know, the spring and spring and fall is great for especially if you don't like to be out deep in the salt water or in the salt water at all, you know, people come out and when you light tackle fish on a bay boat or a skiff, you're, you're, you, you really are signing up to be, you know, in, you know, thrown into the the fishery, you know, you're going to get sprayed with a little water. They are wet boats, you know, you're going to be casting all day. And when you couple that with waves and the boats tossing around, some people don't like that, but late in the fall, And early in the spring, very early in the spring, we have a wonderful time because it's protected. You know, we're in a river, so we're able to actually fish quite a bit, you know, with not having super terrible conditions other than it being chilly.
1: I don't want sprayed with any salt water or anything like that. I, 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 that sounds awful. I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm built for the ocean.
5: (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely, uh it's definitely intense and, and I push the boat sometimes people come on and they're laughing they're going buddy you are out of your mind but you get you do get used to it but I'll tell you if you ever get out and uh you know we'll coordinate I'd love to have you guys I really would because I just love uh, you know meeting people and and getting fishy together it's just it's 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 awesome but uh how many
0: you know, people you can and... you put on your boat Pete
5: you know, I like to take two at a time just because I could focus on them, you know, one on the back and the front. You get, you know, a third angler I'll put on Um, if you guys are good casters or like, again, late in the season when their river conditions are good because there's, you know, you don't have to worry about waves and weight and all that type of thing. If you really wanted to go, you know, with four guys and I knew you and I knew that everybody was, uh, you know, an avid fisherman, I would do that. But as far as guiding wise, for somebody I haven't met
1: before, it's always just two. Well, hey, we right we'll definitely. Uh, I had to fork out for Disney World this year,
5: oh, I so bet, that
1: yeah, that's not yeah, that's and that's happening in the next couple weeks. Uh, but oh, next good, year we're gonna that. stay a little more local, and I I definitely plan on uh, trying to do a couple more trips with uh, friends that we can locally.
0: Yeah, and I'm I know I'm going to the Cape for a week. At least a week, maybe ten days next year. Maybe uh my family and I can find our way what are you down to you. Uh, down to and, me, yeah.
5: And, three and, hours actually though. Yeah,
0: not that, that ain't far. Bad. No, and it's Oh t- it's, yeah, is
5: that not okay if that's not no, too bad. Yeah, awesome.
0: And it's pretty much on the way. So like if we finish our time on the Cape and then shoot down to shoot down to you, and then we're probably only seven seven or eight hours from home at that point. That'd be, yeah, that'd be no, a good time. So Pete, yeah, I, where do people find you on social media, a website, if they want to book a trip or whatever?
5: Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, rising tide ct. Com. You could Google me. I'm uh not got Google, got a website. You, I'm on uh, a couple of those fishing, um, fishing apps where you, you'll, you'll find me pop right up. If you type in captain Pete on Google, you'll I'll pop right up. And uh, social media, Captain Pete six one three. um If you want to give me a follow, which is awesome, and you know I try to do it organically and follow people back and and just do it. So many incredible things people are doing in the fishery. I even see the stuff you guys post. I I love it, man. I just wish that honestly that I had uh, endless amounts of money because there is so much cool shit that I want to do out there. Holy moly! Well, buddy, I think we get desensitized a little bit, right, by, like, some of the social media when you see these you do. giant rounds and muskies yep, and cunas, and You just think, like, it's so attainable, you know? You almost go, like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go go and get one of those now. Yeah. <laughs> There's a <laughs> lot to yeah, tomorrow.
0: Well, you make your way yeah. over here. We'll take care of you. Oh, absolutely.
5: Oh, guys, like, seriously, like, it, what is, you know, when do you really – what are your favorite months to really get a, a mixed bag of things?
1: If I had 10 Mays and two probably uh, October, Novembers, or yep. four October, October, Novembers, and the rest be May, I'd take that.
0: Yeah, May and October would be my would be my May and October, go-to. wow,
1: okay. That's, I mean, depending that's on doable. Mark, if you want to go out with, no, for Mark with musky, if, I mean, Mark could tell you right now. If you want to go
0: multi-species, May and October. If you want to go strictly musky,
3: November, December, yeah, I mean, May's a great month to get disappointed.
5: November, December, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I what was that? So what would you say? May? So yeah. true with May,
3: May's a great month to get disappointed. I mean, I wouldn't yeah, shoot for May. Just,
5: I, I would assume musky fishing in November, to December yeah. is pretty cold for you guys, huh? Uh, it's
3: perfect. If it's you want to catch yeah. fish, that's when you're going to catch it, fish. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I would
5: never, see, I wouldn't think, I would think that those are Virginia musky uh, trips, not not PA, but yeah, no, no that's... No.
3: The quarter, I, I mean, it. if you can, anytime that you start getting into that mm, under forty, well, what, under forty is great. November
5: and December, November and December is coming up, and those aren't too much too expensive of a trip for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't have, no. I don't have, kids. No, I don't have kids, so I could, I could, I get squirrely in those. Once the boat starts getting slow, I get squirrely. I can start traveling. I'll be in Ohio, and I think in uh, the week of Thanksgiving, doing the uh, steelhead run.
1: Well you let well, us know. That's we, really close that's close to us. We're we all we're in right Steelhead here. Alley. That's yeah. here.
0: And and uh, at this table you've got four boats to choose from. Actually
6: Oh wow, yeah.
5: Two, so you got three, you, are in, five boats you are in me. to How from. is that bite for you? Is that worth it for me? Because I'm doing that stuff on foot, you know, in the elk and I try to travel around but you guys are in the alley huh that's how close you are to that
1: where that's where i we all that's where we all pretty much cut our teeth yeah that's where i that's where i cut my teeth okay pick pick a state man you
2: want ohio or you want pennsylvania that was that's that's my that's my
1: creek man yeah
2: we got you yeah if you're here for that that stuff
5: do not believe me do not think (laughs) that i will not reach out because i like i will i do and i like intel and i want to I'm coming down there and I'm um I fished upstate New York so much and over the years it's just too jam packed and you know what? I just I love the way that those fish look down by you guys. I, I know people say that they're bigger and you know more chrome and in you know uh in the salmon river and in those upstate New York trips, but I, I like the polka dots, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, li- I like the spots, man.
0: And you you're still gonna get chromers in November. Oh, yeah. Oh
2: yeah. Over here. Oh, 100%. absolutely. Yeah, I've caught uh, Kro- yeah. I've caught Kromers into January. Yeah. last yeah. year I
5: went. Last year I went with my buddy Talis, and we uh we caught that like early whatever it was that early storm they had. You know, you guys get those lake effect storms, and um we got kind of shut down. Ended up landing just a few fish, but not as um that was my first uh time on the elk but it wasn't as uh it wasn't as epic as i had heard from everybody you know dude, it was tough
0: the dude elk. if we if we get a bl- oh if, my gosh if we get a blizzard there is no way mark and i are gonna let you go steelhead fishing we are we are <laughs> we are going musky fishing in a blizzard I don't care if it's not yeah. a blizzard?
3: Yeah. it could yeah, be perfect steelhead <laughs> conditions, and <it's> still, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
5: still. I want to see. You know what I want to do is I want to go out and sit with you guys at this table one podcast. That's oh, what I'm talking about. If you're there. You're I only an I want to watch an hour, the Steelers. I want to watch the Steelers score points, dude. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're you're only. Yeah, you're we're only. Not, we're if, not
0: watching that right now, Marcus. Marcus.
5: Marcus. No, yeah, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> hey, what'd you say about the stripers, Pete? <laughs> oh yeah, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> said
1: if you're there you're only an hour away from us an hour yeah an hour literally yeah so I that's think, close
5: i think when i set this up with uh with him we, even if we get together or we could if we can't we can't but if it worked out even if even if we do one day or something like that or you guys say hey this is neat, or you should you know ma- maybe do this instead of what you're doing yeah i'll definitely be in touch
0: yeah <laughs> well, that sounds great on, and we can record on a different night if you're in town like we'd love to have you in studio and just we'll make it work yeah man. the
1: studio's in my basement and the microphones are always uh, on so
5: man man you guys are having a lot of fun out there. i love what you guys i love what that you guys you guys do this and continue to do it because i know it's it's i know it's it's definitely probably tough to keep the material up and keep the energy up and and you know it's just awesome that you guys really you know all go after it just Very gotta cool. keep Thank at you. it all Thank the time Thank you for having
6: me. yeah
0: i appreciate Thank it appreciate you coming on uh thanks again man we'll uh seriously yeah we'll be in touch get out here this fall uh and if not yeah, i'm gonna fun. i'm gonna try to catch you yeah. next summer
5: absolutely boys yeah absolutely i i, I should be 100 percent coming out in the the fall so i'm definitely after we get off of this i'll touch base with you guys in the next few weeks for sure sounds good buddy awesome
0: buddy thanks for coming on
5: all right guys thanks so much man have a great night thanks, man.
1: you too bye well Our buddy Rick, while I was right before we came on, actually one of the questions that uh, Chris had, he or no, Chris brought us in because I was reading a text from
0: from Rick. (laughs) Rick. By the way, before we get to that text, hey, thanks, Captain Pete. Really enjoyed having you on. That was Uh, uh, was great. That was a good chat. Miss you. He's the best, dude. I hope you come out
1: this fall, dude. We're gonna have a good time. Oh gosh, I need to smoke a cigar. With Captain Pete. That's something that we missed on. Is that his jam? No, oh, he smokes cigars. That's what I picked oh, up on yes. I love, is, I, I, we, We'll, yeah. we'll have to a smoke guy. a cigar together. That would be a great time. I, I don't care if I even go steal fishing. oh I will go to Elk Creek that he's <laughs> talking about. The elk. Yeah. The elk. The elk. <laughs> 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 I will net for him just oh, to geez, yeah. sit on the bank and oh, BS. That's it. dude. I'll just yeah. tell him exactly where the fish are at. You want to go to the, any spot on that creek, I know every spot behind, uh, for like the back of my hand.
0: Tragically, ninety percent of those spots are posted,
1: and and ninety percent, ninety-seven percent of them will have every guide in in the Steelhead Alley. They're hopefully not. Hopefully, yeah. he goes on a weekday, and they're not. It's not that bad, right? And he was talking about going to Ohio, which Ohio gets a, a run of manistees. and I think he was talking about the manistee Steelhead when he talked about a bigger strain. They are humongous, and they are chrome as shit. And they are definitely worth going for. If You can go out to the, oh, yeah. uh, the Grand, or you can go out to— uh, Rocky. Gonna, yeah, Rocky's great. Uh, Chagrin, uh, Astubiola, all these spots. Conneaut, I, really I will like, blow like, every spot on dude, in Ohio this, and Pennsylvania. The
2: strain it's, difference from last year and like years prior, like it was it's night and day. I yeah. mean, you have magnum fish. My dad yeah, was just popping up everywhere now.
1: Yeah. You nice. go to Connie, and I mean, that, that gets a great run of fish. I mean, you can go there and you man, you get some big, big fish and they start, those fish start in the later months. I feel like then, you know, anyway, if we could go up there, I wouldn't mind going up there. Like you said, just to even net the fish and hang out with Captain Pete and smoke a cigar. I was yelling at you guys because I want a po' boy sandwich. If I don't get a cobia <laughs> Po'boy po sandwich, I I am going to cancel Beast at the fucking camp. Well, uh, you guys can all eat my
0: <laughs> Well, Rick is Rick is bringing cobia up. Now, it's caught it's taken Rick an entire year to catch a single cobia. Uh,
1: how do you know? He might not have just posted the second one, you dick. I,
0: we're in constant contact with okay. her, with Rick earlier. Uh and he said he's going to bring it up and he, <laughs> initially he's like, "I'm going to make a pineapple slaw." And Mark's like, "No, you're not." <laughs> and and had Mark not said that, I'd have been like, "Look, I don't want pineapple on anything other than my fruit salad,
3: right?" Like that's
0: that's what you don't want it on goes. your pizza. I have one rule of thumb no. when it
3: comes to fish and red meat. If I need to put something on it, you did something wrong. Yeah, period. So then like, he's I, like, I mean, just I'm because when you, when you're eating something like that, it's not like you're going and getting like something you have all of the time. That's a great piece of fish. You're right. I eat. I can eat pineapple whenever I want. I don't want sure. that on that. Yeah. Oh, he was going to put then he's like, that on the code. Well, it's yeah. part of the, the and then soft, he's like, like the po' boy. Okay. Yeah.
0: And and I bet it's delicious. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But, sure it yeah. is, but yeah. I want lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, onion. That's yeah. it. Taste it. And I want it on like a soft po' boy roll. And that's what we landed on for our shore lunch that day. Uh, now, if you guys are willing to row two miles down we to us. No, we
1: have, we have
3: a motor. <laughs>
1: do you? A little
3: motor. yeah. It, it you actually takes six did. hours <laughs> hey, to get back we're gonna, there. Hey, we're going <laughs> to... You guys better launch and start your way down. Once you get <laughs> there, lunch. you'll eat now, lunch I and don't, then start I back to lunch. I don't care about
2: my team. <laughs> I'm just going to do you this. You just
1: save me one in a wrapper for uh, when I get back to camp. As tracking. long as I get one, I don't care about are everybody you, else. Are, are you are guys going
2: to show up for shore lunches this year? No. no I remember one day...
1: I've already been in contact with both the people in my boat, and we've planned out our shore lunches. You're just going to like... Now what happens no.
0: if your burner doesn't work or you don't have a can opener? You're gonna have some PBJs no, we're have all and that tech stuff cars.
1: <laughs> we, we're we're doing sausages one day, mm-hmm. so that'd be good.
0: What if your burner doesn't work?
1: No, we, so the burner's gonna work. Listen,
2: no, it's a real but, it's a real question because my burner didn't work last year.
1: But remember, remember
0: when you guys decided to tell us where you were for yeah, and lunch? then you had
1: to show us how the burner works. But well, I, I understand what you did, what, and I can do it again. And then you weren't there. <laughs> <You> <laughs> we were, were just you across were. the river or <laughs> no, the lake.
0: You were like a half a mile away. Quit no, being we hermits, just come
1: on over. <laughs> That's when we didn't have a uh, motor. Like,
0: Here's where we should have lunch. It's on, a, it's on a cliff. It's on a cliff face. Here's a single rock <laughs> that we can place this stuff on. Right
1: across the lake worked really well in that corner. Yeah. Where we were... Waiting for you where you said you would be? It was
0: perfect. There was picnic well, table. That yeah, was we, not my fault. We had, we, we had a whole banquet over there. Hey, that was not my fault.
1: Uh, and I'm not sure, was that the year we won the beast or not?
0: I don't see how that's relevant.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just saying. I, I don't know if that was the year we won or was that the year before? Uh, I remember the one year it didn't work and we had to come over and meet you guys. No, I came to you. you. Or, uh, well, yeah, well, your boat moves very quickly, <laughs> and it took you about 0. .5 seconds for our, what we were going to move in, like, five minutes, so I, I get that. Okay, so you moved to us. That was fine. Like I said, the, the beach across the I way where very burner, well. I your burner, and then PJ landed fish. You you <laughs> did really well about fixing. That was the day one. I don't think we ate together day no, two. No,
0: we ate together day one. Day two, we did. Day two is the day you're like, yeah, we're going to meet where we ate lunch yesterday. And we're like, all right. And we were there for like fifteen minutes and we're like, Where are you guys? They're like, Well, we decided to eat lunch on a cliff, but our, our burner's not working. So
1: No, that wasn't day two. That was day one. No, that was day two. Day are you one, sure?
0: Day one was the day that no you either way, all I need is a no, poor boy. You're right. Day <laughs> day one is the day your burner wasn't yeah. working. Day two was the day that Mark and I forgot our
1: part of our burner. So we had to come over and help you guys back out. Yes, that's how I went. Yep, okay, that, so that's it went. Okay, so it was all came full is. circle. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Damn. I, it. I felt like the team the team camaraderie came full circle. Damn it. And you know, hey, that year I think we got first and second place. So Yeah, and last year
0: we did shore lunch with uh you Derek guys. and them and Bam yep. Bam,
1: yeah. Yeah, Derek and
0: Bam Bam and uh Rick. And you, Derek, Bam Bam.
2: Rick, you, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. There was everybody over there. Yeah,
0: cause we never we they never left. We
2: only, yeah, that's right. We only had two boats over there. My that was, yeah. You need okay. to go. Uh, uh,
0: so the Beast is in exactly 11, 12 days. Oh like God. Like in two weeks at this point, the Beast will be over, and team number two, uh, Urban Fly Cartel, will be
1: Yeah, I, th- I feel like uh, they got real intense on that that crying. comment uh, post, too.
6: Yeah.
2: Listen, Team Yates coming for you, Come, coming at your neck.
1: Oh, you guys are
0: crazy. We're gonna
2: rephrase it a little bit, but I'm yeah, gonna are, still are, you know, are, I'm are gonna we, let your mind wander. I'm gonna still, let you do your thing. Are we still doing phrasing? We're still doing phrasing. <laughs> I'm gonna come at your neck. Well, you missed.
1: I was aiming for the Jeez. chin. All right.
6: Jeez Louise. All this right, point, hey, uh, hey, congrats.
1: We, no, I'm gonna say congrats to Diaz, man. Hey, good, yeah, good Diaz, grinding out fish. there and good fish, buddy. I uh, hope to see you at some of the tying nights this year. Uh, and he's he's fishing the beast. Oh, if he's fishing with, the beast, we'll he see is, him then with Murph. He, 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 Murph. Yeah, he Murph.
2: Listen, I talked to Diaz quite a bit. He wants to come hang out with us.
0: He can. Well, you I should. I know.
2: I know. But he wants he wants to come hang out with us.
0: Awesome. We'll uh we'll drop some GPS
1: coordinates, and if he can, oh I mean or, the, yeah if he can orienteer to, his way over come to the camp hang out. Yeah. Uh, we won't tell you any spots. Um, hey, Rick, we're, we're pumped to see you, too. Yeah. Can't wait to see my teammates. Uh, we're all going to be in there real early Wednesday with Mark, uh, hanging out, uh, and try to spend as much time together as we can and, and really really, uh, live it up. Hey, the Buckeyes. I haven't even mentioned this yet. The Buckeyes with a giant win yesterday. <laughs> it was the best thing in college football yesterday. Oh, my gosh. What a game. <laughs> came down to the last play. I know your Penn State Nittany Lions, they put up a big, no. big dub, too, on Iowa. But I'm a, that was a guy. Fuck Penn State. Whatever. That was a hell of a game. It came down to the last three seconds of the game, running down their throats like Ohio State should uh, for a touchdown. I mean, I was running around my house like a lunatic with my dad. And it was one of the best times that we've had in quite a while. Did also.
2: you have your shirt on? Did
0: you did you put any P- Ohio State gear on for today?
1: Oh, I had I had different hoodie on last night. I had a different shirt on, a buckeye shirt on last I night. Mean, L- you, let, uh you're let me 50, you know, fifty shades I of love, scarlet and gray. I right love now. Yeah. I love that on even walking around in Pennsylvania at uh a, at a, you know pee football games on a Saturday. I'm getting guys yelling out to me all over. The, hey, oh and hey, let's go Bucks! And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, it reminds me of being in Columbus. I love Saturdays. Uh, yesterday's game was the biggest game of the season so far for us. And I, 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 I say us yes because I'm a huge Buckeye fan. God damn it, I love it. Good. I do. I'm sorry. That was all. I'm gonna go off my. That was my own. Fo- my only football rant.
0: My only football rant is how badly the Steelers are playing. They're winning. But by six over the Raiders.
1: Shane, who's on this podcast, he's a Notre Dame fan. Oh right. And I still haven't said a word about the game. My Packers won. Packers won. Steelers, I think,
0: have to win because it's, again, the Raiders. So, like, if my Packers can win and my Steelers can win, it's going to be a good day. Dak Prescott looked real bad today. I also, past- I think the Penguins won today in their very first uh, preseason game. Oh, that sounds terrible. Why?
1: You're already watching preseason hockey.
0: Buddy, there's nothing I want to watch more than hockey. Like, I love the NFL, don't get me wrong, but give me NHL hockey. There's no, no
2: fist fights in, All in, day. in the NFL.
1: Well, there are, but. They're
0: penalized for
2: it. really?
1: Unless you rip a man's helmet off and try to
2: smash him over the head with it, which was awesome. And then you're going to just hear whistles blowing, and then people are just going to start running well, hey. in.
0: So we had a couple awesome guests on tonight, and uh, I think we're going to continue with that. And I'm super happy yeah. about it. So if you haven't checked out the Kickstarter yet for Opros, go on and check it out. If it's not posted in the next couple days on the Facebook page, it will be, but it's, I mean, it's, it's really cool gear. So please check it out. If you have the opportunity, uh, give them a, give them a backing. You know, they, they need a fair amount of money yet to get this funded. And like he said, like if it's with, with GoFundMe, if, or Kickstarter, if it's not, if they don't reach their pledge, they don't get anything. So then it's a second campaign, and we're waiting and waiting and waiting. So if you're interested in this product, please go on there. Please, oh, yeah, please back the them up. I mean, they're, yeah. they're not a sponsor, but they're cool guys. They're musky-minded, uh, It and it's, it's really a cool product. So check that out. Uh, if you're not on our Facebook page, also check that out. Uh, SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Yeah, I'll offend anybody out there. Yeah. Uh, All of them. Check out our Instagram. And Mark, who are we brought to you by?
1: No, it's not Mark. It's Jim, who we brought to you by this Jim, week. Jim, who we brought
0: D- to don't you Don't you
2: pin that on me. You can't pin that on
1: me right
0: I can't
2: now. pin it on you.
0: Uh, this right. week, we're brought to you by Sims Fishing. Check them out at www.simsfishing.com. Damn,
2: damn you're just going to steal it from me like
0: that? Well, you just said you didn't want to do it. All right, good. Uh, A Rex Hooks, uh, Cortlandlines.com, and Yeti, Built for the Wild. Are you going to be able to roll into one? Hey, thanks,
1: Captain Pete. Yeah, thanks, Captain yeah.
0: Pete. Thank thank you, Dave, for jumping on from Opros. Yeah, thanks, O-Pros Captain too. Pete, for jumping on. Uh, friends of the show, we got Ryan Evans of Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis, Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank at Chippewa River Custom Rods. Always our friends at Muskie Fool and
1: the Muskie Nittany Alliance, the host of the Beast of the East. (laughs) That was backwards.
0: (laughs) Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. I'm
1: going to help you out here, buddy. Uh, You guys have a
0: great week. Check out all of our social medias and stuff. Share with friends. Like, comment, subscribe. I don't know.